This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? Happy Friday on The Monty Show. Wow, do we have a uh, massive story in the Pac-12 The Pac-12, fighting the Pac-12 for Pac-12 survival. We have absolutely got to talk about that on the show today. Um, I think this situation this weekend with Texas at Alabama, it is everything for the Big 12. Tyler Shuck, it's your moment, my friend. Can Dave Aranda keep his job if he loses to Utah? We have got a full Saturday of massive college football games. The Chicago Bears begin their march uh, to oblivion and irrelevance uh, on Sunday. Justin Fields is a bust. We'll talk about all that here on the show. Oh, I'm glad we're having a positive attitude today. Well, I mean, that's good news for the Bears. <laughs> you know, I mean, we can actually talk about a quarterback. I don't. You guys know no, by now no. I, I am a bitter pill when it comes to my R and we, the Chicago Bears, the fact that I can't get one of their hats is ridiculous. But without further ado, as the Pac-12 uh, sues, yes, indeed, as we reported first and exclusively on the Monty Show yesterday, Oregon State and Washington State were preparing for a fight, and today that fight was brought to a courtroom as Oregon State and Washington State are asking for a temporary restraining order against the other 10 members of the Pac-12 who are looking to take as much money out of the conference as possible. We detailed this on the show for you yesterday. And essentially what this comes down to is who gets to control the cash and the assets remaining once July 1st, 2024 arrives in the Pac-12. Well, this comes down to a couple of things. Where are you positioned? Do you believe that the Pac-12 still exists on July 1st if it's only Oregon State and Washington State? That is a huge question. In their documents, in the charter, I am told by sources close to the conference, in the charter, it is said that remaining members, there is no designation for how many remaining members, but the remaining members of the conference are entitled to the cash and assets in the conference. We are also told they are entitled to the NCAA tournament shares that will go on for the next six years. Those two are Washington State and Oregon State. However, this move today in court was designed to do one thing, cut the legs out from the other 10 members in the conference. And again, I struggled to say it out loud yesterday, but it's pretty easy to say, I agree with Kirk Schultz, the president at Washington State, in his position that when UCLA and USC announced their move to the Big Ten, they were instantly removed from the uh, Pac-12 board of directors. Why have the other eight members who have announced their intention to leave the conference not been removed from the board of directors? It's a great point, and I think it is the point that potentially could save the future of the Pac-12 for Oregon State and Washington State. And this truly is, and I know we throw around a lot of terminology and big words in sports. This is an existential crisis, as it was written in the documents in court today. What does that mean? 
It's a crisis of existence. If Washington State and Oregon State lose this court battle, the Pac-12 is dead. They will melt it down and split all of the remaining assets and shares, cash and otherwise, between all 12 members, and that's a huge loss for Washington State and Oregon State, who are, as we also reported on the show, in negotiations for a merger with the Mountain West, and the money that remains in the Pac-12 coffers could provide a soft landing, and a soft landing is needed because Oregon State and Washington State, should they merge with the Mountain West in whatever form or fashion, will be taking what some are estimating to be a 15 to $20 million annual write-down. And Jake, if they don't get this money out of the Pac-12, I don't see how Oregon State and Washington State can survive. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes it difficult. I, I, I think Oregon State can survive on playoff money. I think that you know, you can find a way to regularly win the Mountain West, but Washington State's kind of a different situation. I mean, that's not a team that, you know, on the football field is ha, has been in any kind of danger of winning the Pac-12 anytime recently. And I, and I think that's sort of the, the challenge here is like Kirk Schultz is obviously trying to play this game. And I think it's a really smart play out of a guy who's done some pretty, you know, mediocre businessing, if you will. And I think Kirk Schultz needs to understand that you know, if you're going to start filing paperwork on other institutions, they're probably going to fight back. You know, they're probably going to bounce back. And I think that's one of my personal biggest questions on this. Like, if you're the other 10 schools and you're looking at this, you're saying, okay, they're trying to seize power because obviously they didn't get their net, their landing spot in a new conference. You know, what, what exactly do we do about this? Is this a situation where, you know, if you're Oregon and Washington or SC and UCLA or whoever you are, that, you know, when you got into the Big Ten or the Big 12, if you're any of those schools, are you saying, yeah, we're not going to fight this. Let them have their stake. Or are you saying, hey, we believe we're entitled to X, Y, and Z based on bylaws and situations in, in the paperwork for the conference, and we're going to fight you on it. I, I mean, I think that really is sort of this this looming question for me because if the Pac-12 is going to fight itself and we're we're going to go to blows over how to dissolve the conference if you will I still think that's a pretty bad look even even for the schools that got into a new conference so I guess I I don't know exactly how this is going to play itself out obviously Schultz makes a great point hey if you've left the conference the bylaws say that automatically means you're off the board can't make decisions like you know basically removes you from any type of power so that's what I think the big question is are these schools going to fight or are these schools just going to say yep that's in our past we're moving forward well I definitely think they're going to fight and I think what is so interesting about this filing today was it it was not filed against the remaining or the exiting members these 10 universities that are leaving the conference it was filed against George Klyabkov and those 10 members. And I think that's significant because I have to believe on some level the malfeasance and the incompetence of George Klyovkov that we've talked about for the better part of 18 months now is going to play a role in this case. And frankly, friends, I don't know how it could not because his leadership and his guidance through this process and those 10 members, we know about Arizona State President Michael Crow, who roundly and loudly supported George Klyovkov and Larry Scott before him. That certainly damaged Oregon State and Washington State. And I think that support, and I think we've reported for a significant number of months here, that Oregon State was looking for a way out. 
even after the Four Corners school went to the Big 12, Oregon State was aggressively calling the Big 12 and the Big 10 to no avail, but they knew they were in trouble. They've exhausted all of their efforts. I think that's the other thing that is so clear here is that Oregon State and Washington State are are in a position where they know they don't have other options. This is it. This is their last salvo. If they do not get this temporary restraining order, there will be a Pac-12 Board of Directors meeting next week, and I believe it's scheduled for Wednesday, where the, the 12 members will vote on how to divide the assets in the conference. That's why this restraining order is being filed now, because in the in the notes to the members of the conference, a vote was written into the notes saying, hey, we're going to vote on how to divide these assets. I think that's exactly why Kirk Schultz at Washington State and the folks at Oregon State got so aggressive and filed a restraining order application yes. against these 10 schools, because if you're those 10 schools, I have no doubt they want to take every penny that they can out of this conference because, after all, haven't these 10 schools suffered from a lack of revenue based on a terrible TV situation over the last decade? And and certainly they have. And the other thing that they've suffered from is no college football playoff appearances, rarities of deep playoff runs even to get close You look at Utah the last two years, the back-to-back Pac-12 conference champions never had a chance to get into the college football playoff. That doesn't even include the lackluster basketball performance. I mean, the money that has not been made in this conference is shocking. From TV to on-court and on-field performance, it is shocking. The hundreds and hundreds and millions of dollars that have been left on the table here because you have not performed, because you don't have a TV deal, because you don't have distribution, because you don't have television partners and core, core ad partners across the conference, that's a real problem. And I think that's why this lawsuit is so pertinent today. Yeah, and I I think when you talk about that board of directors meeting, I mean, you're talking about a play here from Kirk Schultz in Oregon State where they're, they're basically trying to say, okay, we want it just to be us at the board of directors meeting just washington state and oregon state yes. we'll work together and we'll find our way you know the percentages obviously this is easy math right splitting something between two people is a lot different than splitting something between 12 people right so if you're if you're kirk schultz and you're uh uh oregon state i i sit here and i say i love this play but i also hate this play on some level because it is true it is your only play. You don't have anything else. And I don't know what your future looks like if you don't make this happen, to which I say, it's probably true. The other 10 schools are probably going to fight you on it because it's money, and when money's involved, everyone gets selfish really quick. That's right. So I just think that it's a it's a tough situation, but I would expect nothing less of, of Washington State and Oregon State, given their position. Well, and I think one of the, the really interesting answers that we will get within the next few days here how much control does george kliavkov have in this conference today because our sources have told us and and we've told you for weeks george kliavkov has no sway or input on what the future direction of the pac-12 is and to that i say where oregon state and washington state are going 
That's why they hired Oliver Luck. But George Klyovkov has had a significant impact on how this conference got there. And I think that's why they named him directly as the commissioner and as, as somebody that, that really impacted the bottom lines. And as somebody who shouldn't be at the table. Someone who shouldn't have a voice in the room. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And, you know, the, the funny thing is we're arguing over, over the future and going forward. A lot of people want to talk about the debt load and the Comcast debt, and that's all under contract. That is all out in black and white. The grant of rights and the, the, the conference charter that expires on June 30th has specific stipulations and language in it, we have been told, that says, hey, you sign this grant of rights and this charter to be a member of the Pac-12, you are responsible by the letter of this contract, yeah. you are responsible for the debts that have been incurred. Mm-hmm. You are responsible for the liabilities that have been incurred. That contract does not, I am told, specifically stipulate that exiting members of the conference have any claim to the assets, cash, and equipment that remain behind in the Pac-12. And I think one of the points that our sources have told us so passionately about <laughs> excuse me, is that the infrastructure investments all 12 of these universities made over the last three years to get out of downtown San Francisco, to build a production facility in the East Bay, San Francisco, in in San Ramon, California, have been tens of millions of dollars per university. And I think that is where the argument is going to be made. And the problem is, it was never put into contractual language that said, hey, if we leave, we get X, Y, and Z. I am told by sources in the conference that that language does not exist anywhere. Mm -hmm. That in the the conference charter, all that it says is the remaining cash and assets belong to the members of the conference. And right now, what Oregon State and Washington State are going to, to... court for if we're going to break this down in simple terms it was explained to me what Oregon State and Washington State are asking a judge to do is to say hey the remaining 10 members of this conference outside of Oregon State and Washington State these 10 that are leaving excuse me you're not you're not members of the conference going forward therefore you have no voting interest in what happens to the assets and cash of the conference and of course those same schools are going to say hey well yeah that's all fine and dandy but the problem is what you just said. Hey, we did make uh, infrastructure investments. We did, like, we have skin in the game here. And yeah. I think this is this is the, the, the tug of war, if you will, right? Uh, obviously, again, it goes without saying that the idea that Washington State and Oregon State are on the outside looking in of conference realignment is why they're having to do this. Again, you notice that this isn't coming from, from schools that have a home. And I think... No, it's not. That's the tough part, is like... Hey, this is a classic battle of have versus have not. That's and, right. And and again, I've espoused all week in the last month and uh, several months actually about how much I respect Oregon State and Scott Barnes and what they're doing up there. I love what they're doing up there. But the reality of the situation is there's still improvements that need to be made in branding because you're a have not right now. That's Correct. the reality. Correct. And, and so if we're gonna sit here and we're gonna try and have some some legal uh, debate. Uh, about, hey, who's a member and who's not, the reality of the situation is the conference is dying. The grant of rights is expiring. So 
That's where I think you're going to run into trouble. Because even though those schools left, the grants of rights is expiring. That's why they left. So Oregon State and Washington State, you're not going to be a member either. But I think what, what they're hanging on to is the NCAA bylaw that says if you fall below a certain the eight the the level is eight mm -hmm. if your conference falls below that number eight universities in your conference you have two years to get back above that eight and in that two years you keep your a5 status which means you keep your power five you keep your major conference standing so they i think what these remaining two versus those exiting 10 what the remaining two Oregon State and Washington State are trying to do is to keep these 10 members from taking their brand. I think that's what we're really fighting over mm -hmm. because the cash and the, the physical assets are one thing. Think of this as a divorce, right? Yes, you are dissolving this marriage as you know it. But, you know, when you get remarried, you're still the Montes right? You're just a new version of the Montes. Mm -hmm. When the Pac-12 gets remarried to the Mountain West, they're still going to be the Pac-12. And they have two years by the letter of the law. They have two years to add those universities. I think what you're going to see is that once this, and I believe the temporary restraining order will be granted. Uh, based on sources I've talked to, I think they have a very good case the, the charter, the grant of rights, the NCAA bylaws all favor Washington State and Oregon State in this fight. I believe a judge will issue that TRO. And there's no, there really is no reason not to. That's the other thing I think a lot of people forget. There is no reason not to. It's a temporary restraining order. It does not go on in perpetuity. It does mm -hmm. not go on forever. Mm -hmm. A judge is basically going to say, hey, Pac-12, George Klyovkov, and U10 exiting members, you cannot have a board meeting. Yeah. Because at this time, we need to have the argument, are you still on the board? Is George Klyovkov still in control? Because Oliver Luck, and this was explained to me as well, Oliver Luck basically slid into this new Pac-2 as its commissioner. Here's what's going to happen, Tonto. And is guiding Oregon State and Washington State. And really kind of not working with the remaining 10 members. Right. So there's going to be a fight about whether or not the conference still exists. And the bylaws, the charter, the grants of rights all say it does. So I think Oregon State and Washington State have a very, very good chance to get the temporary restraining order and then go on and, and win the, the actual legal battle. Because the TRO, the temporary restraining order that Oregon State and Washington State are asking for is not a, a final thing. It's a, okay, everybody freeze, let's go to court and punch each other in the face. Yeah. Really, it's, hey, let's go to court and make lawyers a bunch of money. It's not indifferent to any other divorce proceeding because that's I what knew this today is. would be shitty. Yeah, that's what today is. Cut a check. Cut a check. Yeah. Because your lawyers are going to get paid. Yeah, and I just think that the hard part is like, yeah, or the other factor, I guess, is that we've never seen this before. I mean, I, I don't feel no, like we we've not. ever really, like, we've obviously seen, like, exit fee disputes, right? We've obviously seen, you know, the way Texas and Oklahoma were handled or, or you know, other situations, if you will. But we've never been in a place where a conference has essentially fallen apart and 
we have to decide how exactly we're going to handle that. Yes. I mean, to your point, right? The bylaws, the NCAA statutes, they all say, hey, you got two years. The conference still exists. Like, you're fine. But you got to figure it out. And on the other hand, we've never been here. There's gray area. We don't know. A lot of gray area. We don't know what the right, quote unquote, the right thing to do here is. Yes. Do they have a case for a temporary restraining order to pause things? Yes. Sure. They do. But... What's going to happen when the big boys roll in the room, again, haves versus have-nots, when the big boys roll into the room and say, yeah, you know, um, yeah, Kirk, you didn't really do too much as someone who was sitting on our board of directors. You didn't really do too much to get us a TV deal. You didn't really, like, that's going to be the fight. Who We're basically trying to define fault here to decide what the play is and who should get control of the remaining That's assets. Right. If, if it is determined that, hey, Washington State and Oregon State – couldn't have done anything differently. They couldn't have done more. Uh, you know, they, they they like they couldn't have acted differently. Then they're gonna win this. You know what this reminds me of? Hmm. You don't remember this movie. When Harry met Sally, and there's a scene in the movie where Harry and Sally are really close to having like serious relationship. They're having a, an argument, <laughs> and in the in the in the movie, the character Harry says, well, you better write your name in the book because when it comes time to play, that's mine, this is yours. It makes it a hell of a lot easier. You ain't going to try me then. Yeah. Did you write your name on that TV truck, sir? Pause, bro, pause. Yeah, it says Kirk Schultz's TV truck. That's what. That's where we are in college football realignment. Yeah, and, and again. That is I, where we dude, are. Kirk Schultz is taking a lot of heat on this showroom, uh, but this is a move that I think he had to make. I don't think there was much choice I think in this, this one. is a very pragmatic play. It's his only play. Yeah. It is Oregon State and Washington State's only play. Yeah. That's it. There's not a lot of, well, maybe we can, you know, just sell extra Girl Scout cookies this year. There's uh -oh. no sell. Yeah, there's no selling extra Girl Scout cookies. No. We're talking about, we're talking about tens of millions of dollars a year lost by each one of these Washington State and Oregon State universities. That's an issue. That's... I mean, if, if you think about they're making 24, I think they got each got $24 million in media distribution alone. It, I mean, you're talking about when it's all said and done, you're probably talking about $40 million of school. No. That's, they're, they're fighting for their ability to pay for sports right now. Right now. And make no mistake about it. I, 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 I've seen some people on Twitter the last few days talking about Oh, well, this is about the existence of the university. No, it's not. Mm -mm. This is a sports issue. This has nothing to do with academics. Like, don't blow this thing out of proportion. Yeah, I don't um, – they're not – Oregon State's not going out of business as an institution. Yeah. Come on now. I, I, I think there are real reservations about how many sports Washington State will be able to offer if they lose this situation. Yeah. If they do not get a significant bump in the payout and the assets and the cash of the Pac-12 – I think you are going to have to stop participating in, in probably a half dozen sports at, the, at Washington State University. They're, mm -hmm. they're insolvent athletically. They, just, they don't have it. And if you go from $24 million in media distribution to $4 million in the Mountain West or the new Pac-12, you're screwed. Yeah. So this is, a, this is a huge fight. And it's interesting, the Monty Show presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Hey, man, if you've been injured... Make sure you get to theadvocates.com. You can chat with an attorney right now, live online, and you don't pay a penny to do it. There's no obligation. 
All you're going to get is the best legal advice and you're not going to pay out of pocket for it. That's the bottom line at the advocates. You don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. And at the end of the day, you never pay the advocates. They pay you at theadvocates.com. All right, let's get your comments in here. Again, you guys, it's Friday, huge week on the show. I want to say thank you very much. We uh, surpassed, uh, we blew past 33,000 subscribers. Indeed, let's go. You guys are freaking amazing. We are at 33,330. Let's go, baby. We are just, you guys, what is that? 16, 16,000 and change, 16,600 away from 50,000. Wild. I know that that seems like an enormous amount of subscribers. It's not. If every one of you watching this show, if all 800 of you would hit the like button right now, if every one of you would hit the like button right now, that would really help us. I appreciate you spending time with us every day. Hit the like button. If you are not subscribed, please consider doing so. By the way, quick sidebar. How many of you watch on TV? Watch the showroom on a TV? Yes. Yeah, I know a lot of you do. How about my guy, uh, how about my guy uh, OG Gary, sending us a picture of his brand new TV? Do we have it uploaded? We probably don't. We probably no, we don't. Uh, but Gary sent us a picture of his brand new TV. His feet up on the coffee table and the Monty show on the TV. Yeah, I love it. 75-inch TV. Power. A uh, big shout-out to Kyle A, who gifted a membership today. Let's go, baby. You know we like to, we, you know we like to call it Free Membership Friday on yeah, the Monty show. For $1.99, you can get all your comments highlighted in red. You know we always read our member comments first. Uh, for $9.99, you get access to our members-only Instagram chat. Uh, which, by the way, was awesome during the football game last Hell night. Yeah, the Chiefs-Lions game, as Jake was melting down, Jared Goff missed his, uh, missed his what would you call that, parlay? Jake, Jake's whole existence last night was the Pissing seven yards. Off, the seven yards that Jared Goff did not get for the Detroit Lions last night. Jake lost a parlay on that. Congratulations, Jake. Yeah, I needed Jared it's Goff last night to have 261 yards passing. My guy over here threw for 253. Thanks, bud. Appreciate Seven it. yards. I know Kadarius Tony isn't on your team, but maybe you could have completed a couple more passes last night. Yeah, hysterical. I see a lot of you asking if we're going to talk football games today. Yeah, throw your team in the chat. Uh, tell us who you what, what your team is, who's their game, and we'll give you our opinion on it. Absolutely. We will absolutely talk Bama, Texas, Oregon Tech, Nebraska, Colorado, and Baylor and Utah, those four games. Huge implication. Do you believe? What's up, LV Seminole? A member for six months. Okay. Let's go, yeah. LV. Good to see you, my guy. He says, congrats on the uh, sub milestone, fellas. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. We appreciate that. Cleveland Rocks gives us $5. As Dion has shocked the college world, so too will the Browns shock the NFL all the way to the Super Bowl in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, free washcloths for everybody. Uh, it's going to be un <laughs> unreal. Juicy. Uh, you, you free know. washcloths for everyone, bro. Come on, Deshaun. You're not going to the Super Bowl. It's And... Uh, I would I would like to tell you that DTR that's the quarterback. When this Browns team wins a Super Bowl, it's probably going to be with DTR. Yeah, not going to be with a hundred percent guaranteed washcloth man. Okay, uh, Delaric's been a member for six months. Let's go, Delaric. Hey! Let's go, go Delaric. Good to see you. Appreciate that, AJM. Uh, for two bucks, are there also are they also liable for the large debts as well? 
all 12 members yeah. are, are, and most people are talking about Comcast. Uh, you'll remember that there was an overpayment that went unreported. There are lawsuits over this. The story goes that supposedly, allegedly, members of the Pac-12 management staff knew Comcast was overpaying the Pac-12 for carriage fees. They knew that. They thought they were being underpaid by Comcast. The Pac-12 did. So they reportedly had an audit done. The audit revealed, the internal audit by the Pac-12 revealed Comcast was not underpaying. In fact, they were overpaying. Mm-hmm. The Pac-12 allegedly said nothing to Comcast. And so the overpayments continued to the tune of about $70 million. That debt has already been started to be paid off because Comcast is not paying the Pac-12 carriage fees until that $70 million is level. So if we get to the end of this year, most of that $70 million will be repaid. But the remaining balance on that, the, there is a lawsuit from the Holiday Bowl um, for the COVID year. UCLA pulled out of the Holiday Bowl. I think it was the, the Wednesday before, if memory serves. Very close to the game day uh, because of COVID situations. They pulled out. They did not play the Holiday Bowl. Um, the Holiday Bowl is suing the Pac-12, all of its members, specifically UCLA. There is that situation. That is during this grant of rights, during this charter period. Ten. They are going to have to, all 12 members, make that situation whole. Whether they win, they lose, whatever that winds up being. Those are the two major incidents that are hanging around. But there's also... Um, the Nick Rolovich situation. There is also the lawsuits from former employees of the conference. So this is what I think is interesting. You have all these situations, right? Yes. So if Kirk Schultz and Oregon State are going to come out here and start filing paperwork and court proceedings on assets, hey, who's got a controlling interest? How do we divide all this? Right. Like, How does that process play out? I, if I'm the other 10, I'm bringing this stuff up. I'm like, Absolutely. okay, dude, if you're not going to give us – if you're if we don't have access to the assets, then we don't have liability for the Holiday Bowl or otherwise or Comcast or whatever the case may be, right? Like I, that would be my sort of get back. That would be my answer to, okay, sure, you, you, don't, you don't want us to have access. You don't want us to, to be on the board of directors. You don't want us at the meeting. You want it to be you in Oregon State deciding where the money goes and how it's all hammered out. That's great. But if you're going to pray for rain, you got to get the mud too, right? So so they should be responsible on their own for the Holiday Bowl, for the Comcast overpayments, for resolving the Rolovich situation, if you will. Like That's what I think individuals like Kirk Schultz maybe don't measure as much when they think about, okay, we're going to go on offense here. We're going to file some, some, you know, some restraining orders and you know, try to pause things so we can go and argue how things are going to get you know, figured out. Oh, that's right. But if you're gonna if you're gonna play that game, the other ten schools are gonna play that game too, and they're not stupid, right? Like Stanford's on the hook here, right? Like Cal's yeah. on the hook, UCLA's on like schools that have debt are on the hook too. Yes. So so that's what I'm saying. It's not gonna be as easy as well. We're Washington State and Oregon State, and we're victims, and we want a restraining order. It's not that simple. But I'd also like to point out that when you pray for rain, you have to deal with the mud too. That's right. That's right. 
God like damn, that? boy. I'm for real. I'm yeah, proud like of that. that. Bro? I'm my, for real. You're going to pray for rain. You got to deal with the mud, too. That's right, dude. That was amazing. My boy Denzel Washington with the great quote. L- listen, I don't know. Do you guys think you have enough butter for the toast? I mean, I, no let's, let's just talk about it. Yeah, dude. Still one of the greatest lines ever dropped in an interview. That's right. When we had uh, Mountain West Commissioner Gloria Navarez on, Jake earlier in that show rolled out, hey, do you think there's enough butter for all the toast? (laughs) Just out of nowhere. (laughs) So, of course, I asked Gloria Navarez that same question. Hero 75 for $10. The key will be what happens when USC and UCLA announced when they left the PAC last year. Were they still on the voting board? No, they were immediately removed from the the PAC-12 board of directors. Did they get paid out for the share of investments they had put in? Well, no, because when you make an investment under contract and you don't break that contract, there is no payout to be had. Yeah. The thing, don't forget how this is set up. None of these 10 members that are leaving the conference are leaving early. They are all waiting for the grant of rights to expire, and then they are signing a new grant of rights in a different conference. There, it's not like Texas and Oklahoma who paid the Big 12 to leave early. That's not what this is. This is 10 members saying, we're not signing a new TV deal, a new grant of rights. We're going to the Big 10. We're going to the Big 12. We're going to the ACC. Yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. So this is very different, very different than any other situation we've seen because there is no contract after, after June 30th. In less than six months now. So, so this is my point. If these institutions aren't leaving early, right, they're leaving in a proper fashion. Right. The play of, hey, we want to, you know, temporary restraining order to pause things. I think that's a great way to explain it. Hey, we want to pause motion here so we can discuss how things actually need to be played out properly. There's a problem with that take because, again, nothing – no no crime, if you will, has been committed here. That's These right. These institutions are free agents. So if you're going to take legal action like this, I agree it's his only play, but at the same time, you're taking huge risk. Wow, look at this from Ross Dellinger, who says, according to the Pac-12 Constitution and bylaws, if a member school gives notice of withdrawal, they automatically cease to be a member of the Pac-12 Board of Directors. Therefore, Oregon State and Washington State now constitute the entire membership of the Pac-12 Board of Directors. Listen, not only are we good looking, okay, not, not only are we good looking, but we're always right. <laughs> we're always right, just ask us, we'll tell you. But again, another, another national media member, Ross Dellinger, one of the leading college sports voices in this country, Ross Dellinger, mm-hmm. backing up what we said. And as our sources told us, the, the charter, as it was described to me, says that when you leave, you're out. Yeah. When you announce you're out, you're out. You're out. You don't have any other say. And it, as we've reported on the show for over a month now, George Klyovkov is in charge of one thing. What's happening this calendar year <coughs> up through June 30th? Done. Yeah. He is not in any conversations. He has not been asked his opinion about what to do going forward. None of that. None of that. So, again, I, I feel pretty good about what we've told you. I think we have been nails on realignment. I think we have really well-placed sources in this conference. And the belief is that Oregon State and Washington State will win their, their temporary restraining order. And I think that's exactly what should happen here because I don't see that, I, I don't see that anybody else has a case. 
I, I truly do not. Shout out to Delaric, who's been a member for six months. Let's go, Delaric. Let's go, baby. Appreciate you. Shout out to OG Gary, who's been a member for six months. And he's got 75 inches of power. He yeah. says, Utah, Oregon, Texas win. Y'all look good in 8K. Appreciate you, my All guy. Gas, no break. Badass 377 gives us $5. Feel like an opportunity for the Mountain West schools to shake things up with the Pac-12 brand because let's be honest, just staying put as the Mountain West does nothing. Well, and I would also remind you what we said on the show yesterday. Um, the Mountain West and the Pac-12 members are talking about a merger. Mm -hmm. And Scott Barnes as much confirmed that publicly today where he said that they have had really good talks with the with the Mountain West about about a relationship going forward, but the the thing I want to continue to emphasize this battle within the Pac-12 that's what's holding this move up because if you're the Mountain West you can't merge with the Pac-12 not knowing what the finances are because I think this is just one battle for Oregon State and Washington State. What's the other battle? I think the other battle is how much of the money that you're going to retain is going to go to the Mountain West members. I think that is the next battle on the horizon. And I think the Mountain West and its memberships is well aware that Oregon State and Washington State don't have another ship to board. There is no place to go here. You have got to make a deal with the Mountain West. And, and frankly, I think the Mountain West wants that. I think they want more competition. I think they recognize that if they add Washington State and Oregon State, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. Mm -hmm. Those two universities, you're going to find out in the next – Four months, I guess, three, four months. Washington State and Oregon State are actually pretty good on the football field. Thanks. Regardless of what their management is doing, uh, they're going to win some football games. And I think DJ Uyunglele and Cam Ward are two of the better quarterbacks in this league. And I think we're finding out that there's money to be made in both season when you have good quarterbacks. I think the Mountain West is better with Oregon State and Washington State, and I think they know that. But everybody wants their slice of the pie. Yeah. Everybody's going to come into this new Pac-12 with their hand out, and they're going to expect some coins in, in their palm. And I, I think that's the next fight for these two universities, and we'll find out how that plays. But is this just not stunning, shocking? You know, somebody said to me yesterday in the comment section, clickbait title. What else do you want me to call it? Monty was right again? Hey, Monty. Ain't no reset. Yeah. It's shocking to me that we're, we're talking about 10 really intelligent individual presidents mm -hmm. thinking that they are entitled to something that contractually they know they are not. It's striking. It's remarkable. Stunning. Shocking. I, I, can't, I cannot believe how taken for granted Oregon State has become in this conversation. No, who's looking out for Oregon State? Well, Oregon State is, and nobody else is. Yeah. And maybe that's just the way the world works. I don't know. But again, I, 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 it just, it is stunning to me. Yeah, it is absolutely stunning to me. Shaner, what's up? U of A, Shaner. Good to see you. We will find out if the judge in the last Pac-12 lawsuit went to one of the twelve schools. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Um, this was filed in in uh, up in Washington State uh, near Pullman, which is is not unexpected because that's where the University of Washington Washington State University is. I think that is that's gonna, who's going to hear this. And I think it's home court advantage. There's no doubt. Yeah. And I think we've all had far, far too much experience with lawsuits, massive lawsuits lately uh, in this country. But this one, 
that term that was thrown at me, existential crisis, the literal definition is crisis of existence. This is an existential crisis. Yeah. This will determine if the Pac-12 lives on or dies right here in front of us. Yeah. And I, for one, hope it lives on. It is, it is still, it's never going to be the same. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything or BS you. You know that's not how we roll on this show. But it is shocking that we're here. The Pac-12 is one of the great American sports tragedies we've ever experienced. There's no way that this conference should have folded. No way. There is no way it should have been so utterly mismanaged. Beyond, you couldn't write a script to be this terrible at managing a conference. How dumb do you think I am? The officiating, like lawyers in the officiating booth calling down and talking like you are you out of your goddamn mind you, you couldn't even write that script yeah. of incompetence yeah man yet here we are here we are and and i, I it's odd it is odd I, I again it is odd i'm rooting for kirk schultz washington state to pull this thing out i'm rooting for oregon state to pull this thing out Bro, what are you talking about i, man? I want this conference to survive it did i as as Pac-12 fans, you deserve better. You deserve better. I I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm a long-suffering Notre Dame fan. So you know, hey, we're always we're because always it's garbage. we're always going to kick the crap out of the men of Troy. Fight off, right? Notre Dame, our money. They pray for us because we're going to need it. Marcus right. Freeman ain't that dude, right? But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this conference should have been the best conference ever created. And instead, it's the laughing stock of all of college sports history. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely remarkable. Yeah, and I, I don't know, I don't know how you fix it. Uh, let's see, let's get some of your comments in here because you guys, we already have over a thousand comments on the show today. Uh, the Pathetic Conference, Tarrant County SMU boy, Tarrant County boy, appreciate you, sir. Good to see you. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby says, pause, bro. Pause. Yeah, bro. I mean, that's what they're trying to do. That's all they're trying to do. They want to slow play this thing and find their way around the, you know, existential crisis. Yeah. Existential crisis. Uh, Let's see. Tarrant County boy says OSU has the the Brinks trucks. They do? You think so? I mean, they've... Research Stadium is going to be lit this year. Uh, Mike Smith. Hey, Mike. Good to see you, man. Happy Friday. They pissed off beavers and cougs. Now they have angry beavers and angry cougars. Me freaking yow. Meow. Yeah, absolutely. I, okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to make a terrible joke. Kurt Peters, Schultz strategy is if I lick it, it's mine. Really? No. No, that's not out. Uh, that's not it. Um... Dale Donut says, awesome, Mike Smith. Conference Commissioner Gumby says, 75 inches of power. Pause, bro. Can you measure it? Some of us are luckier than others. Yeah. Jimmy Otson. Jimmy. Jimmy. Good to see you, my guy. Jimmy. Nothing worse than dealing with mad cougars uh, with angry beavers. You ought to know. You bought it. Exactly right. Uh, Let's see. Dr. 520 says, Auburn and Cal. Love Cal in that game. Love. I almost... um, I almost put some uh, some of the Monty show ducats on that game. Hey, Monty. And I th- I think can can Cal win every game? No, Wilcox ain't that guy, the head coach. But I feel like 
Auburn being a six-point favorite in Berkeley screams to bet on Cal. Yeah. Uh, I at 54 and a half, you got to take California. Put your ducats on and I would never it, no, me, no me in spirit. You know, you're a California Golden Bear, man. I don't know what they're and As you can see there's not much hope for you left. I've no idea. I don't know what their fight song is. Shooter Texas, Monty, we always write. Also Monty, Cal and Stanford are definitely Who said Cal and Stanford are definitely going to the Big 10? I said they had a they I never said that. Never said they were definitely going. It just makes too much sense. Circa July, never said that. What I said was Cal and Stanford were in the conversation. There is no question about that. Yeah. And ultimately, it came down to one decision. Do you want to be a 20 now or do you want to be a 20 in three to five years? And ultimately, the Big Ten did not want to go to 20 universities. And I think that makes all the sense in the world. Because if you go to 20 now, one, you're just a behemoth. You are so bloated, it is going to be impossible to schedule that. And two, I think the Big Ten realizes that in the next three years, you're probably going to get nine conference games. Yeah. Which is going to make life really difficult on Notre Dame. Yeah, nobody said that Stanford and Cal were gimmies to get into the Big Ten. They were absolutely uh, in the conversation. And, again, it just didn't work out for him. I would go as far as to say Cal and Stanford thought it was done. I think everybody in the conference thought it was done. And the other thing is, and we've heard a lot of names in the Big Ten about on this particular talking point. The Big Ten did not want six Pac-12 teams. And I think that's really smart. Yeah. Really, really smart. We've heard that about the Big 12 as well. The Big 12 didn't add Oregon State and didn't add Stanford and Cal and didn't even want to talk about it because they got their four. They did not want six, you know, basically six current partners coming in and having that much of a voting block. Yeah, you can't have 50% of your conference or almost 50% at that uh, point. And I think know. that's really smart. Yeah, I think that is really, really smart. Yeah. Really, really smart. OG Gary, uh, Auburn's going to smoke the burrs of Cal. The burrs. I don't think so. Pause, bro. Pause. I don't think so. Hola, Billy. Well, well, well. Let's go, Blackhawks. Uh, Cal about to get clapped by Auburn. We'll see. Y'all said the same thing last night about the uh, Detroit Lions. Please. How many of you called me stupid? Well, fat ass is on the Snickers bar again. What's it like? What's it like to be right on a guy dropping all those passes? I mean, do you feel, you know, do you feel, you know, just incredible today? Is 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 your new favorite player KT? Is Patty Mahomes calls him? You know, Mr. Butterfingers, Mr. Can't Catch a Football, Mr. Throw It to the Other Team after your quarterback threw it to Mr. you. Mr. Today's My Favorite Player. <laughs> what a joke, dude. Yeah, two minutes until football 50. We'll talk a lot more about that. Gary Wolf, uh, the 10 that are uh, bailing all have fallen into Oregon State Wazoo's sinister trap. They, uh-huh. may, they may well have, but if I'm Oregon State and Washington State, they're not getting a penny more than they're entitled to, if any at all. Yeah, and if this is a trap, it's hardly a painful one. I mean, you're getting a new home with better TV distribution. I don't think you could have done much worse. No. Uh, OG Gary, Oregon State Wazoo is going to lose everyone to the portal. Could Let's be. see what happens. I don't know about that. I think Oregon State's got a real sales package to stay, dude. I think they do, too, and I think DJ is the starting point of that. Uh, 520 says, big facts, Kamish. 
G. Lee says, Sikkim Bears beat Utah, be there, win or lose. That game is ridiculously important for Dave Aranda. Yeah. The, there, there are some people talking about that if he loses ugly to Utah, that he's going to get whacked tomorrow. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's the case, and I hope it's not. I like Dave Aranda a lot. I personally, at the end of this year, would replace Dave Aranda because I don't see them winning seven, eight, nine games. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't. Dude, I don't think that it, this is one of those seasons for Baylor where the bigwigs need to set the tone. Yes. Hey, if we're 0-2, we got to say see you later. You know, and I think there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and, and obviously with Shapin being hurt, like, I, I get it. I, I understand it, man. I, I get it. I think Blake Shapin is, I mean, you look at Tyler Shuck at, at Tech. Yeah. Where did he come from? Same situation. Obviously, Joey's not in any, any danger. But, no, but you know. where did Tyler Shuck come from? Mm-hmm. Came from Oregon. Mm-hmm. This, this is personal now. If I'm Blake Shapin at Baylor, it's personal to me. I'm hurt now. I'm out now. Again. They can't they can't count on you, Blake Shapin. Again. And what did he tell us at Big Twelve Football Media Days? I want to be the guy that they count on. Well, your best ability is your availability, and Blake Shapin ain't available. Hello, hey, man. I it, I it, I don't know, would Blake be that guy if he was available for Baylor? There's a I think there's a real good chance he's not. But but I I, I just if you're Baylor, any Obviously, the issue is what you owe Dave Aranda if you fire him. Mm-hmm. But Baylor's got pockets. We, we've seen that historically. And you just cannot continue to flounder. You, you're, you've come too far to just come this far. Yeah. You need to take that next step. Yeah. And it just seems like Baylor has hit this invisible wall where you're, you're not going to get there. And I think you got to find a way to get there. Somehow, some way, you have to find a way to get there. Yeah. Without doubt, I I don't, I just don't know what else you do. Uh, OG Gary says the soon to be eight and four fighting Irish. Was that necessary? Was it was it necessary to that that uh, conference commissioner Gumby existential? Is that like eggs erroneous? No, it's not. <laughs> Rice eroni. Uh, Expedition Greg. What's up, Greg? Good to see you, my friend. $5 to say Gloria Navarez should be commissioner for the newly reimagined Pac-12. That is, I am told, the plan. I, I, we've reported for several weeks now, Oregon State and Washington State. We told you they were never going to the AAC. Yeah. And Oregon State fans were lit up and pissed off. And then what happened? Well, the AAC announced that they were no longer talking to Oregon State and Washington State. Oh. We've told you from the beginning, the only avenue here is Oregon State and Washington State going to the Mountain West. Now, is that the Mountain West coming and merging, or is that Oregon State and Washington State? I don't know. We're going to find out here pretty quick. Because if they don't get that temporary restraining order, I don't, I don't know that they make it. I don't. All right, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Football at 50. Woo! What an hour number one. Epic. What an hour number one. You guys are amazing. Please hit the like button if you have not. That would really help the channel grow. Football 50 presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. Stop wondering. Stop. Stop thinking about your neighbor's vacation at Disney World. Stop thinking about how nice your neighbor's new car is. 
or how much bigger your best friend or your brother or your sister's house is. Start living the life you've always dreamed of because you became a prolific day trader after you graduated the program at TriDayTrading.com. A $10 charitable donation gets you a 30-day trial membership and you get their entire program. No holds bar for that 30 days. Then you make a decision. It's not for you. Great. Walk away from it with a tax write-off for 10 bucks. Yep. If and trust me, I don't I I don't think there's a single listener who's ever walked away from it. All of our Monty show viewers have always continued on. So will you at tridaytrading.com. Uh big day on the Pat McAfee show. Did you guys hear this? Not only is it Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, every Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show. Apparently it's Nick, Nick Saban Thursday. Nick Saban. Nick Saban will appear on the Pat McAfee show every Thursday for the entire football season. I mean, we 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 went through this on the show yesterday. Pat McAfee is setting the bar for sports talk in this country because if you're a college football fan, you want to hear what Nick Saban has to say. You want to hear Pat McAfee and Nick Saban go round and round. I think this is another huge win for Pat McAfee. Yeah, you know, I, I think I thought about that conversation we had on the show yesterday. Is is Pat McAfee the face of, you know, college or, or really just sports talk in our country right now? And I, I think that that the thing with Pat is his show right now is because he's turned himself not into a great talk uh, like sports talk host, but he's turned his show into a conduit to, to get the hot, the hot, like high level interview. And so by that venture, yeah, he's the face of sports talk. But but I think that there's this give and take. I wasn't particularly particularly in love with their setup uh, in Alabama, I guess that would have been on game day or whatever with their show. Like that's right. going to be the game day set, but they're doing their show there too. Like I didn't particularly like the setup. I didn't like they had all their guys sitting around a desk. Like I get it. You're on the road. But I just, I don't know, man. Like, I love the interviews he does, but I don't stay for three hours on the show. Like, I think it's tough. So if Nick Saban's on? I'm going to watch. If Aaron Rodgers is on, yeah, I think you got to watch, you know? But I'm not married to, hey, what does Pat think about this guy? Really? Yeah, that doesn't really, it doesn't hit do you me want, like Do that. you want more Pat NFL or more Pat college football? Because um, mm. I'm with you on what you said yesterday that I don't care what Pat thinks about baseball because he doesn't know baseball. I don't care what he thinks about the NBA. He doesn't know the NBA. But I care what he thinks about the NFL. Yeah, I just think football in general. NFL, he's pretty good on NFL and college football. Both of them, I, I, I for Pat, as a host, I throw those kind of in the same bucket. Even though they're two different things, I throw them in the same bucket because it's football at the end of the day, you know? And that, and that's that's the hard part for me, though. I, I think that ESPN's approach to this has been, hey, let's throw Pat everywhere we can because he's got this following and let's see what happens. And then what's going to happen? In a year, maybe they maybe they expand. Maybe they pare it down to just being the power slots for Pat. I don't know, but that's what I think they're doing. Uh, when you look at Pat McAfee, and let's be honest about what makes him the best. What is it? 2.5 million subscribers on YouTube. We were watching his show when Aaron Rodgers was on the other day. 83,000 people were watching it with us. That's why Pat's the best at what he does. And now he's on ESPN. And not only does he get Aaron Rodgers every Tuesday, he gets Nick Saban every Thursday. He gets big-time guests. That's a big deal. And, yeah, I, I can't disagree that 
there's a lot of times in the summer it's hard to watch Pat's show. Yeah. But I think he's the face of it. I I, I truly do. Um, I don't know. Jeff Woodworth says uh, McAfee has $200 tank tops. The boy wears Louie. He, he can afford it. He can absolutely afford it. There, There is uh, no doubt. MBM says can't stand McAfee. Why? Uh, say what you want, Shooter Texas says, but McAfee is damn entertaining. He is. He is. Uh, Pat McAfee is the face of sports talk. I agree he is. I absolutely agree he is. I just... I, I have a lot of respect for what he's done because he's done it his way. The WWF thing, now WWE thing, I think is a big deal for him. There, there is no doubt. Jeremy Callahan says, Pat me goat. Absolutely could be. Edgar says, who cares about Pat McAfee? Apparently a whole hell of a lot of people uh, do. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say several million people a month. A lot. Care about, buddy. A lot. And Mike Smith, yeah, he uh, a hit. Uh, an ass ton. That is why he got a huge contract at ESPN. Yeah. He walked away from $30 million a year from FanDuel because he got more money at ESPN. $30 million. And they Dude, took all lot. of the responsibility for producing the show off of his plate. So, yeah, I think people care. Tarrant County, boy. Football and WWE sells unlike the pack. Hey. Correct. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You You are not wrong. You know. Uh, Aaron Wilson says, I'm here before Jake says I misses the show. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> Not during football at 50. You're never living that down. You're never living that down. You are never living that down. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tarrant County boy, Pat and Screaming A. Smith. Edgar says, okay, have McAfee versus Stephen A. That would be That's terrible. That's not even a comparison, dude. No. I can't even listen to Stephen A. No, uh, I, I agree. Uh, Ron Nolan, what's up, Ron? Good to see you, man. Uh, the Pat McAfee show is on right now on the Home Depot stage mid at best. He almost said bucked up, though. Everybody knows about bucked yeah. up, don't they? Bucktop.com. Yeah. Uh, Mike Smith, Pat played at West Virginia, but he's a Yinzer from Pennsylvania. What does that mean? Okay. What? Uh, Deleric, I still watch Pat screaming because I have Spectrum. Oh. Wow, wow that hurts. Uh, Big 12 Utes, Stephen A is the worst. Seriously. I, I, we, we also talked about that yesterday here on the Monty Show is that I can't do argument sports TV. I can't do contrived take. Yeah. Well, okay, what are we going to talk about? The NFL. Okay, you say it's good. You're going to say it sucks. Okay, I'll moderate. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't. But what I can do is try daytrading.com. Try daytrading.com presents football at 50, 10 to the hour. Every hour, there's a lot of people being uh, forced back in the office. I know a lot of people that have frustrations at their jobs. You don't like your boss, the commute, whatever it might be. If you've been thinking about a career change, get to TridayTrading.com because you quite literally have nothing to lose. If you go to TridayTrading.com, get that 30-day trial membership and make a decision. But at least do yourself the favor of going and doing the homework. Because if you don't go and try their 10-day, uh, their $10, 30-day trial membership, man, I'm telling you, you're going to regret it. You're going to be sitting at your desk in five years and you're like, man. What if? Oh, that's the worst thing in the world. Get it done right now. Live the life you've always dreamed of. Try daytrading.com. A couple more on Pat McAfee. Aaron Wilson says YouTube TV people love YouTube TV. Yep. I, I'm a huge fan of it. I, I, my wife 
and I that's what we that's what we have now. We cut the cord. I have YouTube TV and I love it. Absolutely. OG Gary Pack got mad paid. Full gold Rolex presidential. Sheesh balling. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Skip Bayless is my least favorite. Man, have we heard that take a lot this week. Jeff Woodworth, Skip Bayless killed SMU. Because it's garbage. Did he really know? Jeremy Severe. Jeremy Severe. Wow. My guy. Uh, Pat know how to draw an audience. That's why he's successful. Absolute. Pat's an entertainer. Yeah. Pat's an entertainer. And every show is not for everybody. Listen, you guys, if you don't like our show, I totally get it. Our show's not. Everybody always jokes with us that our show sucks. Yeah, we know it sucks. We know it. But there's a reason we've picked up 15,000 YouTube subscribers in the last, what, eight weeks? Because we actually, we actually have fun here. Like, we have a community. Like, and it's not for everybody. And, I, and I'm totally okay with that. No show is for everybody. Hullabilly. Stephen A. is greater than Skip. Agreed. Stephen's just more talented. He has a better... I don't know what's right. He's Delivery. Got He's got more. There you go. He's got more depth. I like that. You know, uh, Skip Bayless killed his career. I going to Fox killed his career. Jeff Woodworth, zero football talk during football at 50. Uh, well, I think Nick Saban's football talk. I do. I do. Uh, hour number two of the Monty show, as always presented by our good friends at buckedup.com. Bucked up energy, the official energy provider of the Monty show. I was dared yesterday uh, to try Marka Rocket Pop. So guess what we're trying today? I have it right here. Buckshot Rocket Pop. Let's hit it for hour number two of the Monty Show. Shake it up. Get yourself 200 milligrams of caffeine brain now, you know that watermelon food. is, you know, the bar here. Dude, I, Blue Raz. You bought Blue So now Blue Raz is climbing the ladder. I love watermelon, but Blue Raz is really good. Let's, let's see what, what uh, the Rocket Pop is. Not bad. It's not watermelon and it's not blue rasp. But Rocket, see, it gives you that. It's not bad, dude. That minty taste. Yeah, not bad at all, actually. Yeah, Pretty I don't smooth. hate it. Pretty smooth. Um, and that's the other thing I like about Bucked Up. Their energy drinks. I'm all in on this cherry candy flavor right now of uh, Bucked Up Energy. Too. It's so good. But all their they stuff are. is good. Their flavors all taste good. The pink lemonade, the obviously the Miami, uh, the cherry candy, Rocket Pop. You name it, it's good. And the thing you can count on with Bucked Up, you guys, really good ingredients that do the job. Their products do exactly what they, they say they're going to do. With Buckshot, get it online. They just restocked every flavor. It's going to give you 200 milligrams of caffeine, but there's no shoot up. What it is is just nice level energy, and it gives you a mental lift. Played golf this morning, ended tragically. Ended tragically, lost the ball on, on the last hole, hit a really massive three-wood, couldn't find the ball. But I hit a really massive three-wood. That, that sounds weird. It does. It I, does. I pounded a three-wood. I hit it about you know. I hit it about 240. was trying to hit it about 220. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the point is I hit it really solidly because I, I hit a buck shot right before uh, I made the turn. Felt great because it clears your mind. You can concentrate. That's what buckshot's all about. Get a 20% discount at checkout. Now, listen, we need to clarify this because I was talking about guy Ryan Gardner last night, the CEO and founder of Bucked Up. Apparently, a lot of our listeners go into Bucked Up stores and say, give me 20% off. Friends, it doesn't work that way. When you go into a store, you get a free can of energy drink with purchase. If you buy online at buckedup.com, 
you get a 20% discount. Why do they do it that way? Because they don't want you to pay for shipping. They take care of your shipping and then some. I told you yesterday, I got the creatine. I got the um, collagen peptides, four cases of buckshot, say $46. Boom. It's It works. Monty 20 at checkout. Uh, all right, let's talk football on the Monty Show. Open phones, essentially. Somebody asked today, hey, why don't you guys take phone hey, calls? guys, phone calls. This is Fine Mom takes phone calls. Why don't you guys take phone calls? We have the ability to take phone calls. We choose not to. And we've thrown that out there for all of our new listeners on the show. I know we have a lot. Um, we've talked about taking phone calls, and it's just not what anybody on this show wants. Yeah. Your comment section is, is amazing. You're welcome. It's amazing. You guys do a great job. See, like Mike Maple's making the point. Did you pound the three wood on the front or the back nine? Hiscock. Why do you have to say things like that, Mike? You already have me heavily invested in bucked up cherry candy. Why are you Why are you making three wood pounding in the front door jokes? Honestly, that's our stroking guys. You know, did you talk to him about Station Park and how they don't know anything? Yes, Gary. I, <laughs> Gary's so bitter about Station Park, dude. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. All you need to do is go in there and say, hey, I heard about you guys on the Monty Show. They said I get a free energy drink if I mention the Monty Show with purchase. They're going to take care of you. Ryan Gardner's a man of his word. Absical. Absical? Absical? Because I was reading this. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about, man? Damn. <sighs> is there an orange dreamsicle bucked up flavor? I don't think so, but that sounds good. That sounds really good. Uh, Tarrant County boy, Jared Goff the goat. All right, let's talk about let's the Chiefs from last night. Let's do it. Uh, prize picks coming up in 20 minutes. Uh, we'll have all of our uh, college football locks and predictions coming up. We got to talk about the Chiefs. Shocked by the Lions last night. Well, unless you were Monty and I told Bro you. Burrowhead Stadium. I told you to take the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't listen. Mike Tirico pissed me off last night. Dude, this is a bad take, bro. Mike Tirico, towards the end of the game, said there should be an asterisk next to this win for the Lions because Travis Kelsey didn't play. What? Come on, man. And I, I don't mind Mike's work. I like Mike Tirico as a broadcaster. This because is, it's garbage. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's a bad take. The idea that you want to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, uh, the Lions went into Arrowhead beat them by one point and there's an asterisk next to the win because uh yeah no jones on the defensive line and no travis kelsey it's ridiculous the detroit lions went in arrowhead and won the game injuries are part of football hey maybe travis kelsey shouldn't hyperextend his knee during practice and he'd have been out there but he wasn't by the way why would he go out there when he's got 10 days off to figure it out? He wouldn't. The Chiefs were not good, you know, the Chiefs were not desperate yeah. to win this game. Now, you bet your ass they did everything they could to win the game last night. They just weren't good enough. The Lions were a better team. So I don't know why we do this in sports. I don't know why guys like Mike Tirico want to go on and be like, "Yeah, this this win is discounted." Because the Chiefs didn't have their best player. I don't give a damn who they had. The Chiefs ran out the best they had, and it wasn't good enough. And, yes, I thought Patty Mahomes played his ass off last night with what he had to work with. I, I Yes, I think the Chiefs had a lot of opportunities to go out and win a ball game last yep. night, and they didn't do the job. And that's just the reality of it. It's okay to say, hey, the Chiefs didn't play a good game tonight. 
That's okay. I feel like the Chiefs are becoming this team now where nobody wants to criticize them. And it's like, dude, it's okay. It's week one. Things are going to happen. He'll be back next week. They'll get back on the winning ways next week. Yeah, I think this is a huge win for Dan Campbell and the Lions. Uh, the, the best point that I heard last night was from Dan Campbell, who during one of the interviews talked about how difficult it was to let Jamal Williams go because of the leader Jamal was. And Chris Collinsworth on the broadcast talked about how much as a group they struggled with letting Jamal Williams go. And that David Montgomery from Meyer and we, the Chicago Bears, Bears. Um, you know, did a really good job filling in for him, and he did. But this team took some risks on personnel, and I think it paid off. I think the way that Jared Goff played – I, don't, I just don't know that, that they could have had a better performance at a more important time to get your season, <coughs> excuse me, to get your season off on the right foot at Burrowhead Stadium. Mm -hmm. Is it Gofferhead Stadium now? Yes, it is. Uh, Burrowhead Stadium. You have, you have Jared Goff playing well. You have Amon Ross St. Brown playing well. Um, I think you have real good depth with Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield. The offensive line, I thought, did a really nice job. Jared Goff did a really nice job of not killing you, making that mistake that I think as an L.A. Ram, we all got used to him making. Yep. This is a good win for the, for the Lions. We don't need to put markers in record books because Travis Kelsey didn't play. It's not the Lions' fault you couldn't keep your guys healthy the last practice before the game. They took advantage of it, and rightfully so. I think the bigger question, though, with the Chiefs is, how much of this is the Chiefs falling off? I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, uh, roster turnover happening, right? I mean, I, I think there is a good bit of, hey, over the years, as time goes on, hey, Tyree Kill's not here anymore. You know, the famous Tyree Kill route where he's lined up on the left and he runs, all the, he runs basically a full field post that – you know, Patrick Mahomes can roll out right and throw to him. They don't have that option anymore. And, and I and, and I have to give Patrick Mahomes a lot of credit in the postgame. Absolute class act talking about Tony. Hey, dude, this guy worked his ass off in the offseason to even get to week one. I know that he missed some reps in training camp, and I know he wanted to be out there more than anything. Yeah. And this guy went and gave us his level best, and yeah, He'd like to have some of those catches back, absolutely, 100%. But we're going to move on to next week, and he'll be better, and I trust him to be better. Yes. I agree. This is what happens when Tyreek Hill-type guys leave your team for more money. And it's inevitable when you have Patrick Mahomes at the helm, he's going to make other guys better. So an inherent side effect of having a franchise-caliber you know, caliber quarterback on your team is, yeah, dude, the Jamar Chases of the world, one day— May play for somebody else because you're not willing to pay him a, a, a you know a market leading deal because you had to pay Joe Burrow all that like uh, this is what happens. But I need to understand why Clyde Edwards-Helaire is not getting more run on this team. I need to understand. And again, I am I am not the guy that will ever tell you I'm smarter than Andy Reid or coaches or general managers. Mm -hmm. I look at the distribution last night, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire deserves better than this. He is somebody that I think we saw in college, really knows how to catch the football. Um, they threw him the ball one time for seven yards. He only got six carries for 22 yards. You can't have Patrick Mahomes 
leading, leading the rushing line. That's not going to work in the long term. This cat has had too many lower leg injuries to be risking that. Yeah. Let's unleash Clyde Edwards Hilaire. The other thing that I, I, I was pretty frustrated with was th- just their straight up lack of, of spreading the football around when it came to Jarek McKinnon um, and Isaiah Pacheco. Like I wanted more, I wanted more throws at Jared McKinnon. He was targeted twice, had one catch for ten yards, and that was on the first drive. Yeah, I, I just didn't love the game plan. Well, and I think that the the problem here, or the challenge here for Andy Reid and company, uh, is also the enemy. Right, the enemy's gone. Right, so you've also had turnover Ooh. in your coaching staff that way. Right, so I know there was a lot of reports about how hey, like. Andy Reid's the guy making the plan, and it's mostly his show, and the enemy yes. was just kind of, you know, sprinkling in that X factor, like cherry on top. Hey, like, let's run this route this way, like little things. But it's, you know, for the most part, Andy Reid's system. But at the same time, that's a great offensive mind. So when you've got guys sitting on your sideline who, you know, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who is, you know, very talented, obviously, like you said, can catch it in the flat, like can do a lot of things. And he's just sitting on the sideline while you're bleeding out last night under two minutes. Like, that's a problem, man. Like, this team at some point is going to have to run the football. Every team, every great team that goes through roster turnover has to learn how to run the football again. And once you do that, maybe, I know, maybe if you ran the football more, KT would be a little more open down the field. But I don't disagree at all. I don't disagree at all. Mike Smith, a whoa, comment dump. Salamini. They lost by, let's say, a pick six. You're not wrong. But I, and I do think Kadarius Tony killed them. I, I mean, the, the, you, at some point, you got to stop throwing him the ball. And this is my argument for, for getting other guys. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a really good receiver. Yeah. That's why you drafted him. Yeah. Like, you can throw to your backs. You're lining your backs up in, in, quad and triple sets anyway throw him the ball well and but i think you're dude, not doing that dude you look at even even isaiah pacheco last night i mean it's not like this guy got a ton of opportunity he got more than edwards alaire did but it's not like this guy got a ton of opportunity like this is what i mean i think there's too much of hey give it to patty and let him make make choices and run around there's too much of that it's you can only mm. ask him to do that the broken play so offense. Yeah, like like it's almost like, hey, <laughs> yeah. give the ball to Kevin Durant and let him go one on five. Like, yeah, I don't disagree can, with dude, that at all. Can't, you can't do that for most of the game against a defense that's more than capable of turning you over. And I know, dude, the pick six was, was you know, just egregious, right? I mean, off through his hands to the defender, like nothing you're doing about it. But I, I, I'm telling you that Detroit defense is legit. And if you're not going to run on them, what, why, okay, why do you think that pick six happened? If anybody, I, I don't hear anyone talking about this. The pick six happened because they were playing zone, and the guy made a good read. He made a really good read in his zone coverage. If they were being forced to play man, that pick six never happens. But they didn't have to play man because you weren't running the football. So what did they do? They sat back. The safeties played 25, 30 yards off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Cornerbacks played seven, eight yards of cushion. That's why that happened. Yep, totally agree. Uh, a couple more because uh, a little bit of uh, breaking news that I think is really important. Um, but let's get a couple more comments uh, on the NFL. Um, Dakota Tubbs. Monty, Clyde is not the running back, man. Isaiah Pacheco is a superior runner. I don't disagree with that. 
I don't disagree with that. But you've got to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire the ball in space. Yeah. If you don't want him to be your running back, I get that. But this is the Jarek McKinnon conversation. You don't want him to be your running back, but you're finding ways to get him the ball. Yeah. You're, you're wasting. If you're not going to give him the football, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, move him on. Yeah. Because he's got value around the league. He, he is. There's a lot of people that will tell you he was drafted to replace Kareem Hunt. Is he Kareem Hunt? He's not. He's probably not the NFL runner Kareem Hunt was. I think he's just as good a receiver and run after the catch guy. Yeah. And I don't think we have any idea of how good or bad he is because he just hasn't gotten the opportunity. Look at look at Patty Mahomes' passing stat last night. I think this is really interesting. Twenty one of thirty nine. Right. Not all his fault, obviously. All jokes aside, that there's probably twenty seven, twenty eight receptions in there, easy. But the thing that that really stands out to me here is the 226 yards on a 5.8 average. So I look at that and I say, okay, that feels a little light for Patrick Mahomes, yeah. all things considered. And then I go down to the to the receiving section of the box score. 11 different guys have a reception last night. Now, I'm all for spreading the ball around. I'm not for 11 different no. guys catching a football. No, I agree. Uh, Adam Salamini, what about Buddy on the O-line that was a slot receiver and false starting all game with one call? It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, that's going to get cleaned up. I have no doubt about it. James Knight, uh, the gap between USA basketball and the rest of the world has closed. It has not closed. Yeah, that's a weak-ass take, dude. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I just disagree with you. I don't know how many of you guys saw it. At the Feeble World Championships, the USA lost to Germany. LeBron had a really off game, and I got to be honest with you that uh, Steph Curry, his ankle was a little sore, and Jason Tatum – um, yeah, he just, he didn't get to the basket enough. And, well, book, and and they, book was there, wasn't he? Yeah, but he, but him and KD just didn't have chemistry running the break. Oh, that's right. That's right. None of the top U.S. talent is there. Don't tell me that USA basketball has fallen off when all of our guys are at Rico Hines summer runs <laughs> and the rest of the world's bringing their best talent. Like, I, I just, I'm not, I love you, James. But I can't get down with this. I'm seeing this all over the All over the place. Oh, the Olympic runner. Buddy, the Olympic runner, who said that the NBA is not a world championship, looks amazing today, and everyone else looks like a fool. The NBA is not trying to win. Or the USA is not trying to win FIBA. We're trying to win the Olympics. So when it's LeBron, KD, Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, yeah, we'll see what it really is. Anybody see LeBron's tweet today? With the graphic of USA yeah. Basketball yes. and his eyeballs on it. Yes. And it's got all the NBA players who are not at FIBA. And everybody's like, this is shocking we would lose FIBA. Uh, it is? Because you haven't won FIBA for two times in a row now. Do you How know what it? FIBA is for the USA team? They, you you want to have a conversation about this? FIBA's a developmental tournament. That's it. That's it. You always They've always played the young guys. And I, the thing that shocks me is... Every time the USA loses in a semifinal somewhere, people are like, oh, my God, the world's caught them. And then the Olympics show up, and we boat race people. It, you're not getting the best American talent. If, if you're not going to play Book, KD, um, you know, Brown, Tatum, LeBron, obviously, what are we doing? Yeah. We're, we're not trying. We're not giving everything we can. Every other country – Plays their best players. The only guy who's not in this tournament, um, oh my God, his name went right out of my head. Nuggets center, uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. 
he's pretty much the only guy that plays regularly around the world who's not in this tournament. Giannis is hurt, so he's not in this tournament. He's another guy, but it's Greece. So it's not like Greece was going to win. Of the of the major powers, those how do you think Canada got to the got to the semis? How do you think Germany got to the semis? Come on now. Let, let, let's at least be honest. Is it is it disappointing? Yes. But we sent our B team, if if our B team. And by the way, really quick before we leave this, at the end of your comment there, it's time to start sending your best team available. No, it's not, actually. No, it's not. Because FIBA is a developmental tournament where Austin Reeves is going to get his reps in. And Brandon Ingram can be all pissed off about not getting minutes because Austin Reeves has passed you, bro. You are not him. And, and I think that's what people forget. Hey, FIBA's developmental. Yeah. We don't need to send our best team because we don't care if we win it. And we still found a way to stumble in half drunk uh, at 2 a.m. into the semifinal. That's my point with FIBA. I'm so tired of people being like, oh, my God, we got to stress because we lost FIBA. It, it's just not It's not of relevance It's not here. the prestige yeah. of the Olympics. Yeah. That's, yeah that's the bottom line. Um, and I think it's I think it's one of those things where, and James, I don't disagree with you, uh, the, but the about maybe it's time to start sending your best team. But the gap between USA basketball and the rest of the world is closed is absolutely not my opinion. Yeah, I a hundred percent disagree with you. I do. Connor Johnson said he read Murphy's statement. I didn't, but I thought it was pretty interesting. She said, Something to the effect of that Oregon State did not create the circumstances that it finds itself in, um, but that they are going to act aggressively, and I think she said swiftly, to protect their interests, uh-huh. which is what we talked about yesterday. I mean, there, there was never a question that that was going to have to happen. Brandon Unruh, the Chiefs will knock the rust off and rebound. As a fan, I'm not worried yet. It's week one. I wouldn't be worried yet. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried yet. The offensive line play is a bit of a concern. The, the Hutchinson had his way from tackle to tackle. He dominated the B gap. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they move him inside and he's just causing chaos. I mean, yeah. again, you, you already knew that Patty Mahomes was going to be running his ass off in this game as he always does. But, but you know, you got to have some level of protection and, and, and listen, I, I love Aiden Hutchinson, right? And this guy is going to be a premier, you know, pass rusher for a long time, Stunned. but, but he, he's not the best guy in the league yet. And he still owned you. That was the problem. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it's one of those things where you have to. But I, I also think, you know, like if you look at Jair Gibbs or, um, you know, it, it, you have to get the best out of the guys that you have in their current capabilities. Yeah. And I am a I am a big believer that when you when you look at um, where 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 Kansas City is, I don't think they're getting the best out of their guys. No. I, I I frankly think that they are wasting a significant a significant number of their weapons to Patrick Mahomes playing broken play offense. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Mike Smith uh, Gibbs actually looked decent in his limited touches. I would agree with that. I would I would agree with that. Uh, James Knight says so arrogant. How are we arrogant? I I don't think we're being arrogant about about Team USA. I think I, I think USA basketball is far and above twice as good at full power than any other country in the world. And that includes Serbia, Spain, and admittedly the Spanish didn't, you know, exactly roll out their best, but I, I mean Serbia, Spain, um, 
I think Germany is a very average team, and that is their best team. Like I, I just think with at full power, the U.S. is by far, by far, a better basketball program, top to bottom. You have the best basketball coach in the world right now, mm-hmm. and Steve Kerr coaching that team. Okay, now I know that none of our devices listen to what we speak, right? But on my Twitter feed here, interesting stat just happened to appear in my Twitter feed while we were talking about the FIBA World Cup. Steve Jobs inserted himself. Steph Curry has represented Team USA in two of the seven FIBA World Cups. Team USA won gold the two times he played and failed to win gold the five times he didn't. Shocking stat of the day, bro. So I'm just saying you can call us arrogant, and it's fine. I'm not trying to make a personal dude, but, but, but the idea that that you want to say that Team USA has fallen off is just, I mean, that's arrogant in and of itself, respectfully. I mean, the, we're just not trying to win the tournament. Yeah. Uh, James Knight, a U.S. player, hasn't won the MVP in five years. Okay, so, and that has to do what with what? What does it have to do with anything? What is, what is the point you're trying to make? We're not talking about individual player. This is, this is FIBA. This is the Olympics. We're talking about a collective of talent from every country going head-to-head. Our best talent rarely competes at FIBA. Yeah. Almost never. And if you go back and look at the tournament rosters, almost never. It's why we haven't, and I know, James, you've wanted us to talk about this. The FIBA tournament just isn't that interesting in, in basketball senses in North America. It just isn't. It, if, if the best players in the world were playing – We'd all pay far more attention to it. Yeah. But they're making too much money. Austin Reeves is at a point where he needs that tournament to develop. He's going to develop more there than he is in summer runs. Bottom line. And, and I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Cleveland Rocks. Half a billion dollars in two quarterbacks playing this weekend. Burrow and Watson. Dude, that Joe Burrow contract? Jesus. That was awesome. Yeah. I mean, yowzer. Um... Let's see. Chrissy says, James Knight, you are equating team success. Why did Jokic win the MVP? He had American players on his team winning games. Well, there is that. Jeremy Sabir, uh, FIBA is a tool for U.S. and NBA to see who has next. Anthony Edwards and Pablo have next. Dude, Austin Anthony Reeves Edwards. has next too, dude. I'm just saying. Anthony Edwards, I just don't know where his ceiling is because I don't think we're anywhere near it. That cat gets better every time he dribbles a basketball. It's unbelievable. And I agree with you. I think Austin Reeves, if there's a better if there's a better player at his experience and age level, I haven't seen it. Austin Reeves is never going to be a number one on a team. Let's be very clear about this. No. But Austin Reeves is going to be an absolute savage as a as a number two for whoever. And real quick. Screw Anthony Davis. Like, I'm tired of Anthony Davis. I don't want to play center. After the street clothes, Davis. Nobody cares what you want, dude, because you only play 50 games a year. Yeah. If we're lucky. You only play 50 games a year. Yeah. Like, the guy drives me crazy. Yeah. He drives me crazy. Drew Money. The U.S. sent their D team to play pickup ball. (laughs) Jeff Woodworth. FIBA is for teams to scout internationally. Nothing more to us. Yeah. Uh, James Knight, all international teams have NBA players who make themselves available. It's just the U.S. But why is that? See, here's the deal. You're digging the hole deeper. Respectfully, and I'm not trying to not trying to piss you off, dude. I know when we get into arguments, you get all mad. I'm not trying to piss you off. I'm not trying to be, be like that. But you're digging the hole deeper. The last comment. Hey, the last five years, international players have 
won the MVP. Hey, who were those international players? Giannis, Joel, and Nikola Jokic. Three guys, all centers, right? Before that, it was all American players. Steph Curry, LeBron, right? Like, you've got all kinds of guys winning it. So I'm just saying, dude, it's not... You want FIBA to matter, and I'm telling you for a fact, it does not matter. It is a summer tournament <laughs> that Team USA uses to develop guys. And then when the Olympics inevitably roll around... Team USA goes out and dominates, and we have to talk about who's the, the best of yeah. the rest. Yeah. Um, Xantos Clutch. What's up, Clutch? Good to see you. I'm on the ground in Germany, and most Germans are concerned about the next Bundesliga match more than the FIBA win. Hey, that might be true. That I don't know, man. I, I mean, sure, sure. Bundesliga is a great feeder league. Jeff Woodworth. Uh, football starts now, and we're talking about practice basketball. Come on, man. I don't disagree. Boss Frog, Mike, good hearing from you. Just doing my daily Jake check-in. <laughs> thank you. Hey, thank well, you, sir. Boss guys, Frog, guys, guys, Boss guys, Frog guys, guys, is guys. too busy driving his Porsche. Um, uh, Taycan S the, Starfighter Ty, wing jet. He's, he's driving his Porsche Ticonderoga. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have time for our little show here, the two jerky boys with tools and yeah, Jake. Yeah, two holes. Good to see you, boss. All right, let's talk football, shall we? And can we relax with football starts in an hour? It's not like we got Alabama on the tube, okay? Roll tide, boy. <laughs> I mean, with all due respect with the fighting Illini in the Big Ten, you know. Yeah, we almost lost. I say we. Jeff George was my guy before my he was your guy. guy. You remember the curly mullet? I remember the curly mullet. Don't forget prize picks. Use mm. the promo code Monty or click the link in the description below to get your prize picks. Jakey Tuholes is all in. Not that you can read it because he went he with can. like a 46 grouping. Okay, so the top one is current, right? And let me, let me. Shador Sanders. Shador Sanders, my guy. Jake is taking 307 and a half yards. He's on the more with Shador. Wow. See what I, wow, more and Shador, really? More That's, Shad wow. See what I did there. Uh, Bo Nix. 24 and a half first text, rush yard. I, I think it's pretty safe. Why? Why? Who hurt you? Nobody. I'm just saying I think the guy's going to have to run his ass off. That's all. God. Can uh, we, on, can, on, can can on, we please on. get Jake some... Oh, hello, Mr. Marconi, the god of radio. Can we get Jake some listening devices hey, so that he knows that Bo Nix is a jerkwad? No. And we and we never say nice things about Bo Nix on this show because, well, frankly, his name is Bo and it rhymes with dicks, and I'm not a fan. You gotta get stroked. Quack quack, mfers. Um, Jake has Bo Nix. I'm a non-believer in Bo Nix. Jake has Bo Nix more than 24 and a half. Mm -hmm. I dislike you, Greg Zerline. Yeah. One and a half field goals made. Yep, versus Buffalo's defense. I think that's pretty safe. And then Blake Snell, two and a half earned runs allowed on the more. Yeah, Houston's been raking. And then Jake also has. Now, this one is, is one from last week that I played. F you know, four picks here, right? And I missed on Mookie Betts. <sighs> Oh what? no! Oh, I thought that was a current Mookie Betts. He's hurt. He's not going to play. No, for no. 10 this days. is so. This was last week. I made this one on September first. I made it on September first because on September first and currently still, 
I picked up Dak Prescott on discount with Prize Picks, as you yep. know. Prize Picks offers discounts at half a passing yard or more. So obviously, Dak's going to hit on that, right? So really, what we're talking about is I've already hit Ronald Acuna Jr. on this hitter fantasy score more than I'd nine. hit that. So really, what we're talking about, dude, is Justin Herbert, your guy, throwing uh, for two hundred and eighty-eight yards. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sex excuse machine. Me. It's sex machine, sir. Uh huh. Justin. Skunk. Hey Hiscock. Bear. Hiscock. Justin Hey Bear. I I like it. I like it. Now, now. my prize picks. Now, now, now. My prize picks, they're a little different. Here's my baseball prize picks. Luis Severino. Why am I relying on the Yankees for anything? Clearly, uh, as James um, Knight says, I'm dumb. You are. Uh five or more strikeouts. I'm going more. Yeah. Ellie Dela Cruz against Santa Luis. I like this one a lot. Eight hitter fantasy score eight or more. Yeah. He's going deep. He's going to do that. My bro jacks every night. Yeah. Uh, Boom. Out of here. Will you please grow up? What? What? Anyway, back to my jack and dude, Ellie Dela Cruz. Get <laughs> no. Uh, Ellie Dela Cruz eight or more hitter fantasy score. Blake Snell two and a half more earned runs. Two and a half more earned runs. Now again, real quick. Mm-hmm. Did you flex play this or is this power play? Because this is a flex play. Now flex play means he's only got to get two out of three right to Correct. win. Correct. Right? And I'm worried and about I, Blake Snell. I flex played on both of mine. Right. So I got to get three out of floor. I flex played. Well, you won last night on the flex play. I did. Yes. At, at uh, Prize Picks. Damn, Jared Goff. And then there is some NFL prize picking from your good friend Monty. <coughs> hey, Monty. <coughs> Dick. Dick. I got Dak on the discount. That's a win. Whoa, That's a win. Jalen Hurts discounted? All he has to do is get one rushing touchdown, Jalen Hurts. Oh, that's as reliable as it gets, baby. Let's go. I've been a rich man, and I have been a poor man, and I choose rich every fucking time. Let's go, baby. What are you, uh, Johnny Manziel? Yo, daddy, he winning that cash. I can't sing okay, or dance. Okay, that's enough. Stop, please. Yeah, I can't sing or dance, but you all know. Bless up. That's right. Let's go, baby. I love it. Those are our prize picks. Make sure you get into the description below. Click the link. Use the promo code Monty. If you click the link, it's already embedded in there. Or you can use the promo code Monty to get 100% deposit matching up to $100 from our good friends at Prize Picks. Conference Commissioner Gumby. Monty got Dak on a discount. Hell yeah. We both did, bro. Mike Smith. Jackass Jerry wants Dak on a discount. Jackass Dare Jerry. Oh, Jeff Woodworth. Prize picks should do a play for two pack versus pack. That's right. Um, but no. Re- let, hey, oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Uh, prize picks should do a play for pack versus pack. Um, ten. Pack ten. Lawsuit. Um, my man, love it. OG Gary. Even if Utah wins, fraud AP will put us 99th. Fraud, fraud AP. AP. Fraud AP. Okay. I love it. Um, Utah at Baylor. This is a big one right here. I think this one is re- is crucially important. I think, do you guys think Dave Aranda, in the comments, do you guys think Dave Aranda is coaching for his job? Uh, he's got a, sign- I, I don't remember what Dave Aranda's uh, buyout is. Dave Aranda, I think, is coaching for his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think 
it'd be hard for me to see them firing him in week two. But I think there is no doubt that if he loses, that it's going to be tough for him, very tough for him, yeah, to continue as the head coach of Baylor. Yeah, I mean, I, I if he loses, do you? Is it how he loses? I think it's how he loses. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, if you lose on the last possession of the game, okay, that's a little different, right? I, I think if you're getting dominated, yeah, you're probably getting let go, you know. But again, this is somebody who's on a six-year deal through 2029. I mean, this is obviously not someone that they want to be moving on from, you know. I mean, obviously, you don't sign a guy to a six-year deal uh, uh, if you're committed. But I also think that you know he took over in 2020. You know, times have changed quite a bit. NIL, the portal, you know, a lot of things, you know, obviously realignment. Like, there's been a lot of changes in college football since 2020. I mean, that's just a fact. And, and you know, Dave, unfortunately, I, I, I think has some catching up to do. You know, well, I, I, I think the problem is, is that Baylor got spoiled um, in the past. And now Dave not only needs to catch up, but needs to keep it going. And, and again, yeah, I do think it depends how you lose. I also think it depends yeah, how you win. Certainly. I mean, if you can come out and you can beat Utah, obviously that's a Jutta. huge win. Jutta that, Jutta. That, that calms the seas. Everything's fine. Dave is still the guy. But if you, dude, if Utah comes out and dominates you and you only run for like, let's say 80 yards and like, you know, you're having to pass the whole game uh, and you look bad doing it. I, I, I Yeah, I do think he's at risk. Here's the problem. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, I don't. I don't care if Cam Rising plays or not. And if you are a if you are a fan of Utah, I think what we learned about Utah last week was it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. There's so much talent offensively now that it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You need to get the ball to your guys in space and like Makai Bernard running the ball with, with, with strength and power Yeah, running through the a gap last week was shocking to me. Utah is going to score 30, probably 28 to 31 points in this game. Somebody explain to me how Baylor's going to do that because I, I, I just don't see it. And I know that, um, I know I am a skeptic and I think you guys can understand that. Well, I think you need to be a skeptic with what happened last week. I mean, how are you like, how, how are we anything other than that? I don't know, man. I, I am. I am quite concerned for Baylor here. I mean, uh, let's go back to the Texas state Bobcats game. I, I mean, dude, I, I, I look at again and I know he got hurt. Blake Shapin. He had 300 yards in that game. He was playing well for you, you know, but you just like, look at, look at points scored per quarter. I'm a big believer in this. Texas state at 14 in the first quarter, dude. That's unacceptable. What is Sawyer Robertson going to do with Jonah Ellis and Cole Bishop? Because I think Cole Bishop might might be the best safety in the Pac-12. Mm. And I think Jonah Ellis is a disruptive son of a biznatch who you're not going to block. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at Lander Barton. I look at the rest of this defensive line. I don't know what you say to an inex- inexperienced quarterback who is going to struggle against what I think could be the best defense they see all year. Yeah. And I don't know how you expect them to score 24 points in this game. This feels like a 31-24 Utah win. And if it's ugly, 
it feels like a 42-24 because Cole Bishop picked you off and took you to the house. Yeah, I mean, the only defense on their schedule that's got anything near what Utah's got to offer maybe is Texas. Texas got pretty good defense. You know, I, 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 I think there's no doubt that you're you're going to see the best defense you're going to see all year. And, and again, I, I think the schedule is another great point. Dude, you're going to play Utah, then you're going to get a bye week with Long Island University, and then you get into it. Texas, UCF, Texas Tech. I mean, you that's tough. torched by a quarterback that your mom's never heard of. Like, yes. Who the fuck is T.J. Finley with all – excuse my friend. Yeah, but do you mind, dude? This is, is a family program. T.J. Finley threw for 300 yards. Who the fuck are you? Like, who? Who, who the fuck is that guy? Is he on scholarship? Like, I, I look at some of the numbers out of this game, and I say to myself, how was Baylor's defense this bad when Dave Aranda's your head coach? Yeah, dude. For crying out loud. This is why I'm worried about Baylor in Utah. And I'm worried about, I, I am worried for Baylor. I feel very confident for Utah because this defense can score points. This offense is deep. It is talented. It is fast. It is powerful. You And if Cam plays, the throws come out even faster. I think Cam's got to play in this game, with all due respect. I, mm. I, I don't know where the knee is at, but I, I'm not on the train of, oh, we're 1-0, you know, Cam can wait till week three. No, I, I'm not buying that at all. I, I think that, that if Cam can play, this is one of the games he needs to play in. Absolutely. So no Blake Shapin, mm -hmm. a defense that's questioning itself. Mm-hmm. A defense that most people think will become over-aggressive this week. How many touches? Here's another question. You want to know how, how good Utah is? If they win by 10 or more points, I think Jaquindon Jackson's going to have a huge day. Because you've got to get him going. That was yeah. the one guy last week that you were like, well, where is he? I think you are going to see less spread and more balance in the run game. And it's Makai Bernard and Jaquindon Jackson for Utah are, are two really good running backs that do completely different it's things. A perfect balance. And I think you got to get Jaquindon the football. I think you got to throw him the football. And if Cam is there, I think that happens. Yeah. If Cam plays, then then you're in a then you're then you're in a real world of hurt. I I think I, I think the forty seven isn't it for I think it's forty seven and a half. Uh, it is now forty six and a half. Forty six. You got to go. I think you have to. I mean, if you're putting ducats on it, you got to go under. My sense tells me it goes over that, and I think Utah easily covers the seven and a half. I don't feel good about Baylor in this game. Yeah, I, I think I think that Utah's got a defensive score in this game because of quarterback issues. Obviously, like you said, an offense that's not exactly scintillating. Like I, I, I look at Utah, and you know, you go to Utah's schedule, and again, this is why this is why I'm looking at this and I'm advocating for for can to see some time even if it's limited reps even if you just run them out there for a couple possessions yeah. like like again Baylor's a, a, a quality opponent I know they're, they're struggling right now but they're still a quality opponent it's still it's still a road game like I'd like to see Cam get some snaps this week but again you much like Baylor Utah plays Baylor then gets Weber State so again let's then you know. gets Weber State but what does that do one if you're if you're the Utes and I think all of our Utah fan listeners will know this. Mm -hmm. If you're the Utes, that Florida win allowed you to take a breath, but you realize what's in front of you with Baylor because the Florida win's meaningless if you lose to Baylor. And I also look at the Florida game, and it was awesome. I, I enjoyed the hell out of that game. Money Parks is a stud. Like, Fun I'm with game it. to watch. I'm with it. 
He only scored 24 points. Like, there's improvement to be had here. And yep. I know, dude, no Cam, no Brant, totally And get you it. took your foot off the gas in the at, at the, the final seven minutes. I don't think 24 points is good enough this week. I think you need 30 this week. No, I think it's – I'm going to go 35-24. It's a win cover over. But if you're putting Ducks, dude, take the under. That That's what I'm saying. Mike Smith, uh, Aranda will get a new job next year as a D.C. at a good school. He may well. But dude, he if may well. If you're, if you're Dave, you understand you're you're coaching for your head coach reputation. You are somebody who's a dominant DC, yeah, trying to show you can be a head coach. That's the problem for Dave, where it's like, hey, I know what I can do as a defensive coordinator. I know I can probably help someone go go win a conference, a Power Five conference, Power Four conference now. I know I can do that, but I but I want to be able to run the ship and do a good job. And and I guess the only question is, you know, where Baylor Baylor's front office, if you will, where the the head guys at Baylor are at on this, because I think Baylor should be successful in the Big Twelve. I don't think you should be struggling to be bowl eligible in the Big Twelve. You you're a brand that's damn good in basketball. If you can just figure out, uh, uh, you know some success, you know, going to a major bowl game, not just like a get me over bowl game. You could find your way into a, you know, a new year six, let's say, or some, a big bowl game. Dude, you're printing money at Baylor. If you can do that. And that's yeah. why if I'm leading that university, I'm like, all right, let, we got to, we got to monitor the situation closely. Cause again, Utah's a great defense. One of the best teams on your schedule. How do we stack up with all things considered? Do we lose by 30 or do we lose by 10? Or do we find a way to make this a close game and it's a field goal at the end? That's what I think you're trying to see here. That's a big one. That's a big one. Where are you guys at in the comments section on, uh, <coughs> excuse me, geez, Utah and uh, our good friends down in Waco. Waco. Uh, Tony. Hey, Tone. Hey, Tone. Texas State was actually the better team in all areas. I, I, I agree. Drew don't Money, lie to me. I don't think Baylor scores more than 10. That's an absolute possibility. That is it. That is an absolute possibility. The other thing I think you need to consider is this is a 10 a.m. kickoff Mountain Time. It's an early game, dude. It is, but I think that helps Utah. Utah is always an early to work team, so I think that helps Utah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I would not uh, I would not fret about that kickoff time at all. Um, I love it. And Michael Peck, whoa, comment dump, man. Um, San Diego State says breaking news. Kadarius Tony just dropped another one. Man, breaking news. Uh, Boss Frog, I care if Utah doesn't cover. Boss needs to score 90. <laughs> well, you might get that. Rowdy Runner, Utah is going to smoke those Bears. We'll see. We shall see. I, I, uh, I feel really good about Utah. Yeah. I feel really good about Utah. I think, anyway. Um, wow, look at you guys on uh, Dave Aranda. He's coaching for his job, but they'll wait until the end or near end of the season to fire him. I could see that. Yeah, once your fate's decided, probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I could absolutely see that. No doubt about it. Um, Tony, hey, Tone. Hey, Tone. Billy Napier could be fired midseason, though. <laughs> Truth. That program just has nothing in it, man. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, Cleveland State, Okie State, Arizona State. Thoughts on it? Yeah, it's coming up in two minutes. Um, Adam P. Aranda's buyout is $29 million. It's a lot for a private school. I, but there is some <laughs> doubt about that. His contract is not public because Baylor is private. 
Mm. I think it goes down by year, and I, I don't think it's still $29 million, but I could be totally wrong. I don't think Baylor would fire him, Raider Mark says. Really? Really? Uh, Bryce Martin, crazy how Aranda got on the hot seat after one game, but the first game was a fireable offense. They couldn't even line up. Dude, it was ugly. Yeah. It, it was ugly. Yep. You know. Uh, Ron Nolan, is Bernard or Utah okay? Uh, they're Utah's fantastic, and I think Makai Bernard's a really good player. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy, true, Billy Napier and Jimbo Fisher should be on the hot seat if they have five and seven. See, Jimbo Fisher has a massive buyout. That's a huge buyout. Um, let's see. Gumby says, does Cam need to play this weekend? Need? Yeah, I think he needs to play. I think he needs to play. I, I, I don't have – I don't even hesitate in that. I think you have to play. Uh, Adam P. says, Texas State is very good. That quarterback is a beast. Well, he played at Auburn. I mean, but it's te- it's Texas it's Texas State. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Hullabilly says 48-17. Oof. That's an ass kicking. Oof. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, is Scott Bakula still the starting quarterback in Texas State? God, I love you. Remember that? Oh, unnecessary roughness was so good. I mean, I mean, so, so good. Look at you guys in the comments section. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, let's move on. Monty owes a ribeye. The ribeye must be paid. Guy. Let's go. Talk to Teddy. Don't talk to us. I'm we're, here, man. Dude, we're not trying to steal the steak. We're happy to pay the steak. Uh, you know, uh, Javier Gar- Garza. I'm calling Dan Mullen right before letting go Aranda. <laughs> AJM says, go armadillas. You don't even know what that is, do you? Uh, Hullabilly. I disagree on Barnes being better, but I do agree that Utah will be fine. Okay. Barnes is not better than Rising. Stop. Stop. That that is not uh, you know Mike Maples. Nobody beats Kathy Ireland kicking balls. Oh, Kathy Ireland, Kathy Ireland. Uh, let's get let's do Arizona State, Okie State, the Dillinghams. Uh, this is a problem because I have no idea who Oklahoma State is. My guess is, and this is strictly a guess. I think last week was absolutely a a a wrench and forceps game <laughs> i don't even know what that means for uh Okie state oklahoma state's favored by three the number's 53 in tempe um that'd be 7 30 mm-hmm. pacific time 10 30 eastern who is oklahoma state that's the real question here right because I don't think we saw anything that applies to who Oklahoma State is this week from last week. He, I think he played all three quarterbacks. He did. The Gunder Nation did. Including Gunner. I don't know who this offense is. But what I do know is Jaden Rashada could be a problem for that defense. I think when you look at Rashada, that game, they could not score in the second half. That's a little concerning. I think Oklahoma State had a rough first game. There's no question about that. Arizona State had a rough first game. I think they are a work in progress. I think Mike Gundy and the and the Pokes are sharper. I think I look at their passing game. I think it's better than Arizona State. I think Jaden Rashada is going to make plays down the field. He is a cannon for an arm, and the kid can really move. And I think he's trying to win a job. 
because I think they'd like to start Drew Pine instead of Jaden Rashada, which I think is stupid. But again, <laughs> seriously, I'm a talk show host. I'm not a football coach. But if I had to really guess, I put this at a one-score game. And I think as I sit here with Oklahoma State and ASU, I want to say that Oklahoma State's going to be a touchdown better. I have Oklahoma State somewhere around 24 points. I think this is 24, something like 17. 27, 17. Mm-hmm. And Rashada might hit something late, but they were terrible in the second half, so I expect Kenny Dillingham to get them ready to play in the second half. I'm going to go 24-17 Arizona State. And based on the fact that this is, what is this, minus three, I think, as of this moment, I want to say that the number on this game is minus three for OP State. It is. Minus three, 56 and a half. Yeah. I'm going to take this as a win, a cover, and an under for Oklahoma State. I think it's a critical game. Mm-hmm. This is, as as September games go, week two games go, this is a must win because you're playing in Arizona State that's understated. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think the Rashada situation is, is the most important part of this game. You know, Oklahoma State, like you said, last week played all three of their quarterbacks. All three guys were productive, did some nice things, right? So, I mean, at some point you're going to have to pair that down and name a starter, a guy, you know. But I think for Arizona State, again, this is still a team that's got a point to prove. And I think if that's going to be the theme of your season, what better example of that than Rashada? This is a guy that they're not yeah. thrilled to be starting, and I think he understands uniquely that he can come out and put on a show. But I do think that – Arizona State is not quality enough to beat Oklahoma State. I trust Mike Gundy more than I trust Kenny Dillingham to get his team ready at this point. So I would agree with what you have there. I, the, the, the truth be told, if Oklahoma State's going to win this game, they're going to do it through the year because Arizona State's defensive front's pretty good. They can't cover your mom. And if your mother-in-law has a hip replacement, they can't cover her either. So I think the secondary at Arizona State is very weak, mm-hmm. but their run defense is admirable. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Be nice. Arizona State's run defense is serviceable. How about that? But here's if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you better find out who your quarterback is tomorrow in Tempe. You need a quarterback and not a group of quarterbacks, a, a number one, a guy to win that job. I need a quarterback to win that job. And if we're not going to get a quarterback to win that job, I think Oklahoma State's in for a fight to get to six, seven, eight wins. Yeah. Now, if you come out tomorrow, you're one quarterback, won the job, throws the ball, you could win 35-10. Honest to God, you could win 35-10. But I don't see it that way for Okie State. Nah, it's too early. Yeah. It's too early. Kelly Parks. What's up, Kelly? Uh, better look at ASU versus the Big 12. Last time a Big 12 team visited Patrick Mahomes' loss. ASU's not that team anymore. Yeah. ASU's not talented, and they're not developed. Yeah. That's just the reality ASU, of where they are. ASU was a much more talented, disciplined team during Patty Mahomes' era. Wow. Kelly's calling it 28-24 Arizona State. Dude, if Arizona State wins this game, you got to shave the mullet. Yeah. Y- you do. Javier, Arizona State doing something stupid. No way. Who knew? I'm a man. What? 
Uh, Rashada is going to shred Oklahoma State, but that ASU defense is not it, buddy. That's no, what I'm saying, not. dude. I think Rashad is going to have a nice night. But Hey, boy, that, that Arizona State defense, that ain't it, buddy. Yeah, they can't triton them. <laughs> Tone, Gundy should shave the rat's nest off the back of his head. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Salamini, <laughs> I think the Cowboys, but I could be wrong. Mike Smith, Gundy is a man, and the mullet is mad. I'm a man. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, you got to find a quarterback here. Yeah. You've got to find a quarterback. OG Gary, Arizona State 21, OSU 42. Jesus, dude, relax, oh. bro. Oh, that is rough. Uh, roundabout ASU, they play to lose. The, game. the second half last week was tough to watch. After the haboob. Which isn't a sexual reference. It's a it's a sandstorm. Uh, after the sandstorm and the weird lightning rolled out, yeah, and a, everyone left. Nobody came back. And B, neither did the Arizona State offense because they couldn't move anything. They held on to win that game. Yeah, BYU better be ready for for SUU because hmm, mm, Adam P, Adams P. Is there a plur- Adams? Is there like a possessive? Scott. Okay. OSU wins big. ASU is a hockey school. Wow. Damn, dog. You're not that wrong. You're not that wrong. I'm going to go Oklahoma State 24, Arizona State 17. Win cover under for the mullet. Uh, Win cover under. Bill G. Gundy will have the most expensive die job in perm in the stadium. Damn. I would agree. Where where you at? Uh, I I think... Oklahoma State gets 30 in this game. I, I, I would say 31-21, Okie State. All right. Salty Drunk says, I need a football bet to stake. Any recommendations, guys? All right. Notice he's changed everything on his profile. He, he's no, longer, he's no, no longer, longer a Texas Tech fan. What happened? Wyoming get you there? All right. Let's talk football <coughs> stakes on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business? <laughs> Damn right, the advocates. I tell you every day on the show, guys, did you get hurt at work today? And I, and I know it's a tough situation for you. Maybe it was one of your friends, your brothers, your mom, your sister, your neighbor across the street got hurt at work today. It's rough. You're worried about so many different things beyond how much physical pain you're in, the money that you're not making. Will you have a job when you're healthy again? Let the advocates take all that off your plate. Let them handle it all because there's not a workman's comp situation the advocates have not seen. And I know that your boss told you, hey, everything's fine, man. We've got you. Our workman's comp insurance, you're, you're good to go, Billy. That job will be here when you get back. Maybe it will, but it, maybe it won't. What do you have to lose with a no-cost, no-obligation consultation? You don't even have to make a phone call if you don't want to. Get online at theadvocates.com. Chat with an injury attorney online for free right now. doesn't cost you a penny to chat with an attorney online at The Advocates. Dot com, the biggest games of the weekend. Week two has some doozies. Let's start with the one that you're all focused on. Matt Rule in Nebraska. See, so you're all focused. It's Dion. So see what he did there? It's Coach it's... Prime. Ah! Coach Prime. Uh, Nebraska, Colorado, now. minus two and a half. The now. over's 58 and a half. 10 a.m. Boulder, noon Eastern on Fox. Let's go ahead. 
and let's pull my prize picks back up because oh, now prize my prize picks are very relevant, very front and center. No, they're not. You know, look at my boy up top, Shadur Sanders, baby. Hey, right. This is someone that I. What is what is the number three hundred seven? I think yes, it is for correct. him. Correct. Correct. I need my guy to have three fifty against Nebraska. And I feel pretty good about that. This is going to be, I think, a little bit tougher of a game now that there's tape out. Because that was the other thing no one talked about with Colorado TCU. Yes. There was no tape. What were we preparing for? We were just preparing for what you thought was going to happen. So now we're going to double Travis Hunter. Now Shador is actually going to have to, you know, work through the defense a little bit more than he had to. They're going to be scheming. So I don't think we're seeing a 500-yard performance out of Shador again. But I definitely think 315, 320, hell, even 330 is more than really? more than more than available. I don't think Nebraska uh, has things spinning correctly yet. I, I think they're a work in progress. I don't think that they, they proved anything uh, in that loss, if you will. Really? Um, I think you're fine on this prize picks. I think Shador... You guys know this. I think Shadour is the leading candidate um, as as the Heisman Trophy leader right now. I look at how this this is an old rivalry. This is an old Big Twelve rivalry, and and I love it. Deion Sanders obviously is running a high powered offense. Yeah. There's no question about that. You're going to have to be able to score. Travis Hunter is your focus. Make somebody other than Travis Hunter beat you. Um, they what did what did TCU give up last week? Five hundred sixty-five yards, forty-five points, yeah. twenty-two to thirty missed tackles. Come on now, we got to yeah. be better than that, right? I think Matt Rule is a very interesting cat. I think when you look at, I think when you look at them, I think that you have to figure out if Jeff Sims is that dude. If Jeff Sims is that dude at quarterback for Nebraska, let him be that dude. Because I felt like against Minnesota, the play calling was horrifically tame. It was unimaginative. It was not hard for the Gophers to figure out what Nebraska was trying to do. Yeah. And I think against Colorado, you're going to have to be better than that. Stay hard! Um, I think Gabe Irvin's going to have to have an absolute massive part of the offense here. Um, there are there are there are going to be chances for for Jeff Sims to make big plays. It's the only way Nebraska wins this game. It's the only route. You are going to have to have three 20 yard plays, in my opinion, at a minimum, and one of them's got to go for a touchdown. You've got to get this this Cornhusker offense pushing and shoving Colorado's defensive line. Can they do that? Yeah, I don't know. Because I think there's one thing that's very clear. We know that there are athletes on the field in Boulder. But if you are Matt Rule, you are a defensive guru. So let me just plainly state it. Is Colorado, every time they get the ball, going to score a touchdown? Or are you going to convert those touchdowns into missed or made field goals? Are you going to hold them on fourth down? Are you going to get off the field on third and 12? Because that's why TCU got beat. Mm -hmm. TCU didn't get beat because Colorado was more talented. TCU got beat because they missed over between, conservatively, 
22 and on the high end, 30 tackles. Right. Do you understand they missed 11 tackles on third and plus yardage? That cannot happen if you are Nebraska. That's the key to the entire game. Yeah. Now, I will say, I love Colorado in this game. I think Shador Sanders, it was no fluke. He went for 500 yards, boys. That's not an accident. Yeah. Let's not pretend somehow that Shador Sanders woke up, took a dump, and accidentally threw for 500 yards. Oh, no. That did not happen. He was prepared. He knew what TCU's defense was going to do. And how did they beat TCU? Shador Sanders put the ball on frame with the guy in motion. Yeah. How many times did TCU miss a tackle because a guy was in motion? A lot. And the question is, will Nebraska do a better job? And the answer is, I don't think so. I love, love, love Colorado in this game. I think they continue to be the media darlings of college football. I think Sanders, Hunter, um, I think, in my opinion, I think you are going to get 250 rushing yards out of Colorado tomorrow. I think this is a, a Nebraska team that to win – has to clock control, and I don't think you're doing that against Colorado. Mm-hmm. I love this to be a 37-20, 37-27 Colorado win over Nebraska. Yeah, and I think Nebraska turns it over in this game. I, 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 I love the idea that Colorado has better athletes that you know are, are going to make plays, and I, and I think, again, I don't think this is 500 yards again out of Shador, but I do think that it's, you know, I, I would not be at all surprised with 330, 340, you know, a bunch of attempts, you know, 60% completion percentage. Like, I wouldn't be surprised by that. This cat can play. And so I look at this and I say, yeah, Colorado's definitely going to cover the minus three. Uh, and the only question is how many points is Nebraska going to score in route to losing this game? I mean, if if, you know, if they can score 21, then this game goes over. But, you know, if this is a – dude, if this is a like a 38-17 game, you know, that's – How many interceptions does Sims throw? Because I think he had three last week against the Gophers. Yeah. If, he throws, thing, if he throws more than one interception, this, ga- this is going to be a 14-point win for Colorado. Yeah. Because I think Matt Rule has Nebraska moving in the right direction. The biggest thing we found out about Colorado last week is they're really talented. And I just don't think Nebraska's that talented right no. now. Not because we watched a good part of that game against Minnesota. I don't. I don't see Nebraska being nearly as talented. They're not as explosive. I love Colorado in this game. Yeah. I. I, I think it. I think again. Thirty-seven twenty-four win cover over for Colorado. Uh, Daniel Hughes, you guys are my favorite local sports team uh, in the Salt Lake market. Appreciate that, Daniel. Thank you. Um. I I very much appreciate that. OG Gary, they ain't Rutgers, darling Deb. Oh boy, what did Deb, what did Deb say? Um, Deb. OG Gary, like one in eleven. You guys are having your own conversation, darling. Deb says Rule is a whole team genius. To be honest, well, we didn't see that. Yeah, I'm in, struggling when the genius part came through. I think it will happen next year. This and my 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 firm belief is in Matt Rule. I think Matt Rule, a year from now, could have one of the better teams in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten. Yeah. He's probably three years away from being talented enough to compete for a top three spot in the, pa- in the Big Ten. Yeah. I think Deion Sanders 
a year from now is going to be fighting for the Big 12 championship because so many kids want to go there and play now. Having seen it in person, I think they want to go there and play. That's the difference here. Yeah. That's the difference. Bryce Martin, how do you how do you game plan Hunter though? Jimmy Horn Jr. is a good receiver as well. And that and that really is my point. I, I think your your biggest issue at Colorado is that you don't know how fast they are until they're on the field in front of you. And it really creates a huge problem because you don't have a way, if we're being honest about it, you don't have a way to really game plan this offense other than kill the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And right now you don't have the linebackers to catch Shador Sanders. Yeah. And he showed, one of the things he showed, TCU generally was in the right place at the right time, but they were, they were hands tackling. Because I think they didn't anticipate Colorado being that fast. I think when you look at Nebraska, they don't have the defense that TCU does. And Colorado was much faster than TCU anticipated. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I look at and I'm like, dude, if Colorado is going to continue to play this fast, you're in real trouble here. And really, and I'm, I'm looking at the box from last week on Colorado. And I think, I think Dylan Edwards is that dual threat that will absolutely cripple Nebraska. Okay, he's more important in my opinion than Hunter. Because I, you're not stopping Travis Hunter. No, 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 no. no. He's just faster, and he catches the football, well, defense and offense. Well, yeah, I think Jimmy Horn. You know, obviously Jimmy Horn's quality. I mean, if you're just looking at the piece of paper. Jimmy Horn and Travis Hunter are the same guy. The problem is that Travis Hunter is incredibly explosive and is beating his man repeatedly, which is how he's getting his. Jimmy Horn, you know, was open because TCU had to respect Travis Hunter so much. And I think that's the thing. Jimmy Horn's that guy that benefits from the alpha being bracketed. And, yeah. I, and I would expect Nebraska to be all over Travis Hunter this week. Uh, darling Depp, Montia took rule one season to transform a scandal-ridden Baylor. But, but... That's Baylor. That's Texas. That was that was Matt Rule in his prime. Let's not forget that Matt Rule has to prove himself as a head coach. Yeah. Because coming out of Carolina, that all got shook. I don't believe that Matt Rule is, you know, is a bad coach. I don't believe that he can't recruit. Nebraska's a tougher sell than football in Texas. Yeah. Nebraska in the Big Ten is a tougher sell than Baylor in the Big 12. I think it's a little steeper hill to climb. Matt Rule believes in the transfer portal. He better use it because he's going to need it. As soon as he gets talent, he is, he is proven to be a schematic wizard. The guy knows how to run defense. And I think his offense is going to come around. They can't turn the ball over. It's, it's that simple. By the way, in your comment, it's not M-O-N-T-E. It's M-O-N-T-Y. Look yeah. on the wall. I mean, if it wasn't obvious enough. <laughs> Dude, you're a fucking red ass right now. Like, what are you doing? I'm just telling you. Listen, I'm, I'm just on telling have... you, man. I'm not going to have grammatical yeah, errors on the name, you're, bro. You're, it's you're your not going to disrespect fat ass. Yeah, you're not dude. doing it on I'm my watch, bro. Yeah, like, I can't have M-O-N-T-E. It messes with my chakras and stuff. You know. You know. All right. Uh, I'm 3724 Colorado. Where are you at? Hmm. I'm going to say 38-17. I think it's a you know pretty thorough ass-kicking. 
Ron Nolan, Shador Sanders is the sixth highest paid college football player, $1.6 million, net worth $6 million. Dude's making it. Conference Commissioner Gumby. It's not Monty, it's Monty. Yeah, dude, come on, Hey, dude. Monty. Hey, Monty. Hey, Monty. Kyle A. Kyle A. Uh, where are you? I agree. Jake's salty today. Yeah, well, it's been a day. Well, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. And when you roll in, and again, James, I love you, dude, but the FIBA thing the FIBA thing got me going a little bit here. Delaric, 42-14, Colorado. Ooh. Okay. Okay, I'm here for it. The dynasty is not over. Oh, boy. The dynasty is not over. Them, them Longhorns, boy. Welcome, boy. Bringing them stairs hey, to Alabama. Enjoy your last game at quarterback. Tuscaloosa, Bryant, Danny. Nick Saban is a better man than you are. Bama minus 753 is the number. Seven Roll Tide. 7 o'clock ESPN. <laughs> but that's not on the Pat McAfee show. That's on, like, regular ESPN. I just right. want to point that out. Right. Just so there's no um, confusion. You got this game. Dude. Boys, this is what big boy football is all about. Where are you at on, uh, where are you at on Texas right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the question that I have is Alabama's offense versus Texas' defense. I, I, I think – you know, Milrow's ability to run and escape is going to be on full display in this game. You know, the the ability, much like Patty Mahomes last night, right? Like you got to Patty Ice, please. I'm sorry, my apologies. You got to have the ability in this game to run away from the pressure and complete the pass. It's not agree. going to be a comfortable pocket passing, shred the defense type game. This defense in Texas is too damn athletic and too damn smart. Jade Barron is a dude at cornerback sometimes safety, that's ready for this game. That's looking forward to this game. Got it circled on his calendar. If you don't know who that is, go find the interview on the channel. I think this game, has, again, not hating on Quinn Ewers in that offense, but I think this game is all about Texas's defense. 15 returning starters at Texas. Yeah. And I think Quinn Ewers has a point to prove because there is no doubt in my mind that Quinn Ewers is tired of hearing the name Arch Manning. He's heard it all week. He's heard it all summer. And he's tired of hearing about it. And I think this is a this is a get-back game. And I would remind you how well Quinn Ewers played against Alabama last year. 9 of 12, 134 yards, and then he got popped. Because that's what Alabama does. Yeah. Now that was at DKR. This game's not at DKR. This is a Bryant Denny in Tuscaloosa. This is a different deal. Now, having said that, there's one guy, and his name is Jatavian Sanders. Sanders is a big name in this town. That's one of the best tight ends in the country, and Quinn Ewers had better use him because I think Alabama is vulnerable in one spot, and it's right behind the linebacker. It is, in my opinion, I think that is their one spot. But the other thing that I think is really interesting in this game is not Texas's offense versus Alabama's defense. I think the thing that's really interesting is Tommy Reese's offense at Alabama mm -hmm. against Texas's defense. That's the question to me because I don't think there is any doubt anymore that you have a quarterback. It, it, you have Milrow is your quarterback at Alabama. Yeah. You might not like it, but Jalen Milrow is your quarterback in Alabama. And 
I think Milrow, it was Middle Tennessee. Yeah, it was. But that was also the game where you were trying to prove you should be the starter at Alabama. That's called pressure. Yep. And I think he lived up to it, and I don't think he gives a flipping flop, which is not really a word. Stay hard. I don't think he cares who's on the other side of the line. I think Milrow wants to be the quarterback at Alabama. I think he is a pure dual-threat quarterback. I love Texas. I love everything about Texas. I think it's one of the top coaching staffs in the country. I think Steve Sarkeesian is an offensive genius. But this isn't coming down to Steve Sarkeesian's offense. It's coming down to that Texas defense against what I think is going to be a really difficult Alabama offense, and we have no idea what they're going to look like. Yeah, I think that there is no question you do not want to try and win the game by running on Texas, and Alabama will not try to win the game. Milrow is going to throw them and – and read option them to a victory tomorrow night in Tuscaloosa, or they're going to lose. Yeah, I think I think Texas, the defense for Texas, their main mission is getting a turnover in this game. I, I, I think if you can get, especially in the first quarter, if you can get an early turnover, get Quinn Ewers in the offense rolling a little bit, you give yourself a much better opportunity. But it, again, if if Milrow comes out with his offense and is is able to put up, you know, let's say 14 points in the first quarter, Texas has very little chance to win this game. And and I only say that because you're on the road here. You can't allow Alabama to come out, set the tone, you know, drive right down the field in their first offensive possession, and the crowd's in it. You know, obviously the crowd's going to be in it at the beginning, but you know what I mean. When you get that early first possession score, your chances of winning the game go way up. And I don't think Texas can afford to have that happen. College football talk on the Monty Show presented by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy, buckedup.com, the official uh, presenting sponsor of College Football Talk on the Monty Show. As I always tell you, get to buckedup.com. Whether it is your buckies, your buckshot, your bucked up energy, your collagen peptides, your whey protein, your creatine, you name it, whatever you need, you have the assurance of bucked up using the best products to make the best products, the best ingredients that make the best products that do exactly what they say they're going to do. Because it's bucked up. You know it and I know it. Buckedup.com. Use a promo code MONTY20 uh, to get 20% off at checkout. Uh, ultimately, this, this game comes down to identity. And the identity of the Alabama Crimson Tide in front of a raucous Bryant-Denny Stadium is they win big games at home. Yeah. And I think that's going to happen here. I want to take Texas. I want to believe that Texas is him. And guess what they are? They're the best team in the Big 12 this year. Of that, I am certain. Yep. But there's not a big difference between these two teams. When you put them on paper and you put them next to each other and you watch a little tape and you watch, Milrow's the difference maker. I think Milrow's a better quarterback than Quinn Ewers. I think he's more versatile. And I think ultimately that wins the game. 27-24, 27-24, Alabama beats Texas. Yeah, I think I think it's a little bigger spread than that. I, I think I think Alabama finds their way uh, into the 30s in this game because I think Milrow has an exceptional performance. I, I think your point about the read option and that causing havoc for the Texas defense is spot on. Uh, I think that um, I, I, I just I, if this was at DKR, I'd be singing a different story. I'd be saying that Texas is right in this thing, but I just can't. 
Texas is going to have to show me that. They're going to have to prove me wrong for me to believe that they're going to go to Bryant Denny and beat Nick Saban in that They building. can. I think they're capable, they but I don't think they will. I don't think they will. And and this is where this is where again, I know Quinn Ewers, the great Quinn Ewers, you this is your opportunity. You want to shut all the haters up. You want to stop talking about Arch Manning. You want to stop talking about everyone sitting behind you. Come out and give me 300 yards, big plays, big completions. Throw the ball, take the hit. That's what you have to do in this game to, to shut up the haters. I just don't think Quinn is that guy. I don't, like, I don't. And he's going to have to show that. So, to me, yeah. I say, you know, Alabama is favored by seven in this game. I think it's spot on. I, I think Alabama wins by a touchdown. I, I would say, you know, you're probably, what, 31-24? You know, something like that. Uh, right, right, in that right in that neck of the I woods. I think it's winning under. I don't think you, I don't think there's any way Bama covers. If you're betting, you can't bet them to cover. And I I think these two teams are so flipping close. I think they're so evenly matched. This is not a game I would be betting on. Where are you guys at in the comments section on Alabama Texas? Drop you drop your prediction. Salamini Alabama 35 Texas 16. Nah, not the that Texas far. offense is loaded, man. I, I mean they Alabama's secondary, I think, is gonna we're gonna find out who they are tomorrow night. Yeah. And I think they're they're him. Yeah. I I, I do. Uh Shaw, Phil in OKC. If it rains, Texas will get mud hold. Okay. Uh Tarrant County boy. Hey, boy. In Saban we trust. OG whoa. Darling Dev Fish. Not a chance. Not a chance what? OG Gary, Mrs. Monty got a membership awarded. She did. She did? She what, did. What does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know. A membership awarded? I don't what, know. What, 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 what does that Teddy mean? Teddy Wayman gifted five memberships. Okay, Teddy. <laughs> King of Utah, baby. Utah. Let's go, Teddy. And Mrs. Monty grabbed a membership. Gary Krug grabbed a membership. Tim Cox gifted a membership. Zayden Schoenhofer. Yeah, nice name. Oh, Schoenhofer. Dakota Tubbs. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Jeff Whitworth, Bama 65 to 7. Is that some bias in there? Well, Adams P says Texas 17, Bama 14. Texas is back. Oh, please. Hook him, boy. Hook him, boy. Darling Deb, isn't Texas always loaded? It's been almost two decades. Isn't Austin you guys, County, boy? Can't you guys feel the hate resonating through your TVs right now? On, on, on 75 Texas. inches of power. Baby. Bryce Martin, they're loaded, but they're having trouble at guard. They won't be able to run the ball well. Okay. Tarrant County, Pate. Bama by 21. Texas is always best in the Big 12 until the season starts. No Bijan, no success. That's the bottom line. Okay. Salamini. We hear Texas is loaded. Take every year. Then... They can't even win the Big 12. Wow. <laughs> Tanner Plummer, Bama 31, Texas 20. Texas is, uh, Texas is back. Not. Shouty, Texas is back. Darling Deb, 44-23, Bama. Hey. Cleveland Rocks, Texas pulls the upset. Jimmy Otson, Texas 18, Bama 24. Oh, Delaric, Texas 21-17. You're out of your freaking mind. I like it. Uh... Mrs. Monty, a member for five months. MIM, most important member. Uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, I got an important member for yeah. you. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. You know. Hiscock. Uh, 
Jeff Woodward, Texas is back to being irrelevant. They know reset. Uh, Michael Wall, K-State may lose to Troy. Would not be surprised if they do that. Ain't okay, dude, we're talking Alabama and Texas, and you rolled in with K-State versus Troy. OG Gary, 31-28, horns up, boy. Boy. Hey, boy. Boy. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby, Texas is back to 7-5. and five. <laughs> <laughs> The hate of Texas dude, is it's so real. So good. Uh, I hate the Longhorns with white hot intensity of a thousand blazing suns, but I think it'll be a close game. Roll Tide. <laughs> okay. Teddy Wayman. Well, hello, Mrs. Monty. Hey, Mrs. Monty. Gregory Krug. Texas may be loaded. Dana Holgerson is often loaded. Wow. Damn, bro. Wow. Damn. Wow, bro. Man. Uh, Bryce Martin. The state might melt down if Texas wins that game. Might. Tony, hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. Uh, Bama 27, Texas 13. Uh, Clutch says 37-27, Bama. Okay. Okay. Bama 24-21 in overtime, Ritson says. Man, that would be awesome. Dan Dows. Austin is in Travis County. Commie land. Travis County, K. Yeah, it's Texas. different than Tarrant County. All cattle. No hats down there. Yeah. 24-21, Horns. Look at everybody coming out. Yeah, oh, pull. Do a poll. Do okay. you want to do a poll? No. No? Oh. No poll today? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was this morning. Wow, um, dude. Wow. Let's see. Did, roll tight. No, no, no. Hook them. Hook them, boy. Hook them. Hook them, boy. Roll tight. If I could type. Yeah, you know, it's R-O-L-L. This would go faster. Uh, All right, there you go, my (laughs) friends. Hop on it. Yeah, hop on Uh, the pole. Texas or Bama, hook them, boy, or roll tide. Do it. Uh, Wow, that was was quick. 73% are on Bama already. Yeah. I like it. Darling Deb says poll. Yeah, poll. Uh, Tanner Plummer, you casuals better vote Bama. Roll tide. Cleveland rocks. Unfortunately, Texas plays the same time Texas Tech plays. Well. Texas over Bama, 35-28, and the text. Okay. Kiss my butt! Well, let's get to the game of the day on this show. Duck, duck, goose. Oregon minus 669. 69, boy! boy. Heading down to Lubbock. Pew, pew! Texas Tech, Saturday night, 7 o'clock on Fox. I only have one question, and it's really simple. Is your mom hot? No. No, that's not the seat. That seat, you messed up my flow. I had a nice lead in there. It was nice and smooth. Okay. You know, like it was it was good. And and then, you okay. know. Okay. Chuck, are you going to show up for me? You yeah. show up. I agree. That's a huge question. I, and- I, I think it, I, legitimately, I think it's the only question. If he shows up, they win the game. If not, they lose the game. Literally. I want to be a believer. I want to be a believer, but... Oregon's rolling. I mean, their their offense put up 81. I know it was Portland State, but God, dog, they scored 81 points. Yeah. And I get it. It was Portland State. How did they not score 100? I don't know, and I don't care. It's a wee fence. Bo Nix was 23 of 27, right? Um, Bucky Irving had 119 hey, yards. Hey, Bucky. 119 yards on four carries. This is terrifying, but here's the question. Is Tyler Shuck looking for revenge on Oregon? 
that's where he played originally, transferred to Tech. Is he looking for not only revenge, but respect? And here's the other question. Is he in position to take it? And I don't know if, he, if Tyler Shuck is good enough to command the respect from the Oregon defense because what I saw in Wyo was not good. Mm-hmm. And he, he is the single biggest the single biggest question mark about, about the Raiders that I have. Yeah. Because I, I believe in, in Joey. I believe in that defense, especially the front seven. You've got talent, and I just don't know that Tyler Shuck is that dude. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I in my prize picks, I have Bo Nix running for his life in this game, right? I think the number was 24-something for rush yards for Bo Nix. Like, yeah, I think Bo Nix is going to run around a lot in this game, and I think that, you know, the defense for Tech, I thought, played well against Wild. I, I don't think that that was the issue. I, I think The play that, calling was the issue. Yeah, the play calling was the issue, and the lack of throwing it to the open wide receiver was the issue. And and that's what I'm that's what I'm wondering about. I would have a whole different opinion on this game if last week we didn't get, you know, just missed opportunities. I mean, again, much like, again, last night. Dude, Patty Mahomes threw it and it hit the guy in the hands. What do you want him to do? That's not what we're talking about here, though. We're talking about... Hey, your guy was open. You didn't see it, and you threw it the wrong way. So that leads to questions of, hey, do you know the play like the back of your hand? Do you know where your guys are supposed to be? And are you that guy? And and I think he can be that guy, but this is one of those games where it's like, hey, dude, if your team has any chance here of not being 0-2, you've got to show the hell up. You've got to have a bounce-back game, you know, if there ever was one. Here's the other thing that worries me. There is zero game tape on this current roster for Texas Tech versus Oregon. You didn't see anything against Portland State. Mm-hmm. You didn't see any. You saw nothing from Oregon's defense in that game. Nothing. No exotics, no coverages, no zones, no blitzes, no stunts, no twists. Straight up, here's our five guys. Good luck. Yeah. You're going to see a very different Oregon defense this week. That worries me because this should be a shootout. You have the horses on defense at Texas Tech. To make Bo Nix's life miserable. Can you stop him from running the football? We're going to find out, and I think they can. But here's the problem. I'm not a Tyler Shuck believer. That's why I've got to go 38-27. Oregon dominates Texas Tech. Damn, dude. I hate to say it. Man, I hate saying that, dude. I hate that, but I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I think Oregon has a nice night here. I don't think it's 38 points nice, though. I, I think this is, you know, 27, you know, 24. It's a closer game than that. I think Texas Tech no battles, way. but doesn't it, it just isn't able to get over the edge, much like do, last week. Do, do you understand that the number is 68 and a half? Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any way. I, I, in fact, my biggest question is, can Texas Tech score enough points to push this over? Well, That's my biggest question, because yeah, I, mean, I, I think Oregon's going to get off the bus and have 31 on the board. No. Nah. Nobody gets off and has 31. Not in my opinion. Well, I, I, not, when, not. when your defense is on the field constantly because the offense isn't producing, mm-hmm. and you have shown against Wyoming that you are willing to blitz and really non- blitz and stupid situations the talent isn't the problem i want to see better defensive play calling 
And I want to see Tyler Shuck dominate. And I haven't seen that, and I don't know that we're going to see it. Win cover under 38-27, Oregon over Texas Tech. And it hurts me to say it. I want to I wanna see them break out, but that this hurts, dude. Yeah. This this really hurts. And I I, I hope I'm completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby, the Shuck truck. Pew, pew. We'll see, dude. Tone. Tech will play tough. Oregon pulls away in the fourth quarter. Jeff Woodworth. Ducks don't like the pew, pew. Salty drunk. Tech 39-37 in OT. My guy. Hell of a story if it happens. Let's go, Salty. Parent County, boy. Not even Mahomes can help Tech. OG Gary. Ducks by 40. Settle down. Um. Phil and OKC, tortillas will be flying all night. No. No, 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 no. Northwest Beef. It pains me to say this, but Oregon is really damn good this year. I don't give Tech much of a chance. Ouch. Damn. Ouch. Tony. Come on, man. Tone. Hey, hey, Tone. Hey, Tony. Hey, Tone. Uh, Oregon has quick routes to beat the Blitz of that front seven. That's right, T. Adams P. Tech 35, Oregon 27. Jeff Woodworth, got to go football starting. Let's go, Woodworth. Enjoy. Darling Deb, I went to Tech, but I gave zero respect for them. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Tone. Uh, Shuck is solid, but can't throw the ball past 30 yards. Gary, stop. 56-17, Oregon. Ooh. Roundabout. <laughs> Oregon's game plan was generic because a generic game plan was enough to win easily. And they didn't want to tell Tech what they were going to do. Yeah. Uh, Raider Mark, if we get the last half of the fourth quarter and OT periods of the Wyoming game, Tyler Shuck, we win. Well, you might be right. And it's personal for him. Yeah. It is personal for him, no doubt. Bryce Martin. Tech is going to need to score early. Get on them early. Stop the run and make Knicks win from the pocket. Keep applying pressure. Yep. Aaron Wilson, that's fair. Bryce Martin, I might stop watching now if that comes true. Northwest Beaver, Oregon, 42-27. Tech's offense will be pitiful. (laughs) Salamini. Let's see. The Duck does a push-up every point scored every time they score. I say Duck push-ups total 232 Texas Tech 7. Where's the Italian? Okay. Uh, I don't know how to figure that out. Uh, Michael Wall, Tech is going to lose by 21 at least, but if they uh, lose closer, then they still have hope for maybe a good season. But 10-2, 11-1 uh, season talk was a joke. Yeah. It, it, and we'll, we'll find out if it's a joke tomorrow. Yeah. Did they let down in Wyo? We'll find out. Was Laramie who they are? That's what I mean. Is there is there a chance that we see just a totally different team this week? They're at home, you know, sleeping in your own bed. Do we get the high mm-hmm. flying? And then they're two different teams. I mean, let's not discount this. They're a different team at home, man. I mean, I got to think that yeah. I don't think Oregon's just going to run away from them. Ooh. Ooh, Teddy Wayman, 42-24 Oregon. Oh. Darling Deb, they're located in Texas so they can get talent. Yes, they Texas. can. Uh, salty Drunk, you'll learn more from a close loss than a close win, right? Well, uh, that's true. We'll find out who your that character is. That was a is. painful loss, too, dude. Like, damn. Tarrant County SMU, boy. Tech needs a wee fence. Bro. Stop. Why, why are you getting Mich- Michigan vibes in here? It's a wee fence. <laughs> Aaron Wilson, it's a really fair take, Monty. Hey, Monty. I want Tyler Shuck to be that dude. 
This should be per- dude. Or you transferred from Oregon to Texas. Let's go. Yeah. Show me that. Slice them up. Show me. Show me. Delaric, 56-28 Ducks. Come on now. Is this the dagger? Cleveland Rocks. Tech will run the ball to keep Oregon's offense off the field. They better. Uh, Bama smacks the alcohol out of Sark's system. Dude, dude. Chill. Dude. Chill, dude. Just take a dice and AC, okay? Just relax. Raider Mark. Tech at home versus Tech on the road is different tech. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Corey Erickson. Oregon 35, Tech 24. Tanner Plummer. Texas Tech 40 to 37 in triple OT. Pew pew. <laughs> Javier, crazy things happen in Lubbock after sundown. Love it. Gary Wolf, Oregon 37, Tech 31. Bryce Martin, we just need our front four. Tech kept having to blitz to cover up for over pursuing and pass rush. Won't make that mistake again. Why did you blitz in overtime? Idiot. Why'd you blitz in overtime? Somebody explain it to really me. Really stupid. Somebody explain it to me. Explain it to me. Because I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah. That that I, I truly do not understand. All right. Let's uh, finish up the poll on Alabama. 78 votes have Bama winning it. 65-35. There you go. Oh, tide. So we're all rolling with the tide. Yeah. Um. Real quick, I don't even know that there's much discussion uh, about BYJU. BYJU. Um, Will Kalani's boys handle SUU? Swear to God, if they lose this game, dude. Season's over. Scorched earth. I don't think they will. No, they're not losing this game. Where are you at on Kalani Sataki? Uh, I think I I appreciate the changes he made, and and I think that, you know, he's doing, you know, a pretty good job through the transition of the Big 12. And again, I, it, it's, it's again, talking to Isaac Rex earlier in the week, right? Mm-hmm. Isaac Rex on the show, yep. talking about the fact that, yeah, we did win the game. Yes, we do need to execute better. Yes, there are things that we need to improve on, but we are 1-0, right? Like, I feel like everyone hit the panic button on BYU and was like, oh, my God, the program's burning to the ground. Dude, they won the game. Yes, I agree. 14's probably not getting it done this week. Probably need to be, you know, 24, 27 points, something like that. A couple of touchdowns. Like, you got you to gotta produce this week. But I think it all comes down to creativity and Keaton Slovis's, uh aggressiveness through his progression. Because, again, if you're not going to take the shot when it's available to you, you're not going to put up 27, 30 points. I feel like BYU's offense get, has a get-back week. Because I think you can't be conservative. And I love Aiden Robbins. And I love the fact that everybody's talking about that – you know, hey, he is going to he is going to be amazing. He's the guy you brought in to be your workhorse. Let mm-hmm. him be your workhorse, but Keaton Slovis has to be the center of the offense. Yeah. And I this is a make or break game for me on Keaton Slovis. Because if if you lose this game, you're 0 and two essentially. Yeah. On offense. If you lose this game. My biggest concern is losing the locker room. And again, Cade Fennigan's my guy. We've talked about this. We've gone back and forth, and everybody calls me stupid. I, okay, totally get it. I'm fine rolling with Keaton Slovis. I like Keaton. He's a good dude. He's a good, not stellar, not spectacular quarterback. Right. Can he be explosive? How many, like, what are we going to get on offense? What kind of play calling are we going to get? That's That's kind of what I think needs to get figured out in this game is like, okay, where can we take shots? Who's taking those shots? Is, you know, 
Guys like Cody Epps need to play, dude. I need Cody Epps running the seam. Like, I need the deep shot. Because ultimately, that's how you get the defense's respect. It, it, it's it's what I've been saying in all these matchups, man. It's like what you said about Bama, right? Like, y- if you can exploit a defense's inability to run with your best receiver, they got to play further back, which opens the run game and opens the intermediate game. Yet, BYU somehow hasn't quite found that yet. So I'd like to see some shots this week. BYU's offensive line has got to come together. Kingsley Suamataia is the unquestioned Connor Pay um, as well. But the, I think Kingsley Suamataia has to be the calming influence here. Um, Caleb Etienne, let's see what you got, dude. Let's see what you got. Waylon Lapoaho, let's see what you got. You guys are new to the program, totally understand it. You're trying to gel. Um, you're trying to make sure that, that you know, guys like Paul Maley can fit in. You're trying to get those three guys to fit in. Connor Pay and Kingsley Suamataya have to be the calming influences on that line. And I think Daryl Funk has to find a way. And I don't know if you can hit a button. I don't know if you can feed them more fettuccine. I don't care. Find a way to get those five dudes to play together as a unit. Because you need, you need, and I will just go back and say, You've got to have Aiden Robbins run for 100 yards. Yeah. You want to win this game? Do, do, does he run for 100 yards? Because I, I look at the rest of these matchups. Aaron Roderick's got to open the offense up a little bit. Seriously. To do that, he's got to run the ball. And the, to run the ball, you got to have an offensive line. So that's why I say, give me five guys, give me Robbins RB1, and open up the offense for Keaton Slovis. Totally agree. Because if that's not going to happen, you're going to lose this game. You're going to lose this game. You got humbled last week going 14 nothing, winning 14 nothing. The defense is legit. The schematics on defense are legit. All this drop 56 guys in coverage and rush nobody, those are all gone. This defense can play. Jacob Robinson is legit the number one rated corner in the country last week. Give me 28 points and put these dudes to bed in the first quarter. I'm for real. You want to win the game? And I think they will. I think BYU will come out and show out. Mm-hmm. Got to run the football. Yep. And that offensive line is where it starts. Uh, Boyd Lake, the SEO king of America. Yeah. The old line will be better this week. Kingsley Suamataia. Is that so easy? How come I can't say meteorological? meteorological and stuff. Can't say it, but I can say Suamataia. I just can't say meteorological society. Yeah. Don't ask because I don't know. Uh, Kingsley just needs to be consistent. Set the tone. The dude is violent, though. Just what you need from an offensive line leader. Yeah, you do. Uh, you guys are convincing me that Tech has a chance. Oregon has choked a lot on the road. I just don't think uh, Shook gives them enough to get it done. Well, don't disagree. Okay, here's my thing, though. You're They're at home. They are a different team in that stadium. I'm telling you, this is not a game where Oregon's just going to come out and blow their doors off. I think that there's going to be a battle for about 18, 19 minutes of game time here. They're going to battle. And it's only a matter of, hey, can Texas Tech get down the field? Because, again, it, it, just like I said with BYU, nothing else matters unless you can show me, uh, like, even on your first possession, give me a 15-yard post route. <laughs> Earn the respect of the defense. What? What? So in prize picks today, I have Luis Severino. Yeah. He just hit Willie Adamas. I need five. I need more than five strikeouts. Top of the second, he's got two, but 
my bro can't hit the broadside of a barn in the top of the second. <laughs> Dots two bros in the first for two strikeouts. He just threw an 80-mile-an-hour changeup like 17 feet outside, and Chubbs McGahee Telez didn't even look to swing at it. Are you kidding me? Throw it up there and make what? it look like a bowl of cherries, and Telez will swing at it. Yeah. Oh, oh and, then he... and he threw it away. Yeah, it's going the wrong direction here. Yeah, we're striking out into right field. And now Adamas is all the way to third, and here's my problem with Severino. Is he going to make it through the inning? No. Because this is what this dude does. Yeah, don't, it is. Don't just... He is. He is. He is. He'll get to us. God, you'll find him. Okay, I feel better. Are you okay, dude? No. Uh, let's see. Boyd Lake, Texas Tech will be up for Oregon. Going to be a pew-pew shootout. Let's hope so. Mm. Big 12, all-Texas sports fan. Texas Tech hangs 100 on Portland State. Pew-pew! <laughs> Big 12, all-Texas sports fan. Tech has more upside than Oregon. No, I'm not doing it again. Pew-pew! <laughs> <laughs> Delaric, a little off topic. What do you think of the rumor of Army to the AAC? Oh, it's done. Done. Love it. Love it. Because now, look, I know it doesn't guys, take Dallas across guys, their guys, uniform, guys. boys. But listen, it's Army. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Hey Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, look, look, what did I say? <laughs> what did I say? Put some respect on my name. I told <laughs> you he'd strike fat ass out. Uh, right Ronnie right Telez. Yeah, yeah, if you were at a buffet, guarantee you'd have gone deep on that one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie, please. It's Friday, and I'm a little fired up. Uh, Mike Smith, yes, AAC is taking Army to join his football only, and it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Boyd Lake, why do you say hurtful things? Hey, look, he's 0-1 on the next hitter. Strohs are leading the AL West. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, Big 12, all-Texas sports fan. Astros demol... Okay, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, hey, how are the... <laughs> what is the uh, Astros garbage can supply looking like these days? Boss Frog put a uh, an Astros take in the uh, chat <laughs> like Tuesday or Wednesday. And I, I put the... Oh, my God, his name went right out of my head. Brett, the left fielder for the Yankees. <laughs> the short little bald dude that was yeah, hitting Yeah, I know what his name is. Anyway. Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner. I put a Brett Gardner gif in the chat. Because it was amazing. Because it's garbage. Um, Kansas football, baby. Tarrant County, SMU, Tarrant boy. Tarrant County, boy. Uh, Kansas. Kansas. Let's not, let's not sleep on uh, Kansas and Illinois. Because that game is underway and Kansas hasn't scored yet. Damn it. Listen, I'm too busy watching Severino mess up your prize picks, okay? Yeah, I know. I know. Come and on. he just get. Oh, no, he didn't. Okay, no he more. didn't walk anybody. Uh, Illinois, Kansas in the first quarter. The fighting we'll line. On that. All right, okay. those are our picks. What else you guys, uh, where else you guys at on the football field? Some of the other games that we didn't decide to pick this week that I thought were interesting um, Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa's a three and a half point favorite in that game. I think Oklahoma being only 14 and a half over SMU, Tarrant County, boy. Boy. We know they're in Dallas, Gun. Thank you. Uh, I thought that line was interesting. Do you guys believe in Venables? Sooners are back, bro. Then why are you only 14 and a half over SMU? I don't know. Mighty ACC. Um, uh, also, pick. Cincinnati's very interesting. Pitt's six and a half in that game. And I think our guy Satterfield showed that Cincinnati's not f quite as far down as everybody made him out to be. Yeah. And then I think one of the games of the weekend, blast the stike. You know. 
UCF. Boise State. It's UCF or die, bro. Boise State in Boise, three and a half points. Man, UCF I think you got to take that, UCF. Dude. You have to. You have to. Speaking of Florida, one thing before we get out of here, a little breaking news for you. Yeah. Look at the Murph. Yeah, hey, Murph. Look at the Murph. USF, home of humidity. It's the Murph. Uh, how about our guy, Brett McMurphy? Wow, this is, this is real. USF receives final board approval for a new on-campus football stadium, allowing the Bulls to borrow up to 200 milli for $340 million stadium. I'm for real. This comes a day after USF received record $25 million donation from Tampa General Hospital for its athletic district. I don't, to this day, understand why USF is not in a P5. Because this right here is all that we've been waiting for. It's yeah. over now. Well, this is the whole, this is the UConn situation, right? You got to have a football stadium on campus. I agree. You have to have it. I agree. I agree. I think this is a big one. And That's I think, wild, dude. They got, they got, they got permission to borrow up to two hundred million out of a three hundred forty million dollar project. Crazy. I think USF is going to be a power. Yeah. Deleric, uh I should probably take that off. Yeah, the take the graphic uh, down. Deleric. <laughs> I don't know what that was. SMU seventeen fourteen. Oh, what are you talking about, man? Uh, Big Twelve All Texas Sports Fan Army delivers the U.S. military for the AAC the same way SMU delivers Dallas for the <laughs> AAC. <laughs> yeah, nice endowment. Oh, uh, Boyd Lake. There's some serious cash in Florida. Yes, there yeah, is. More cash or more humidity. S By the way, anybody seen Her Hurricane uh, Henry or Harry? S Salamini! Bro, you, your accentuating ain't that heavy today, bro. Because you were talking over me. Give, Where's uh, the Italian? Uh, hospital, give money to sports and not lowering bills. Exactly. Yeah, why, why, would, uh, you know, why would a hospital want to lower the bills, dude? Da darling Deb. <laughs> uh, USF is trying to make it into a power conference. Can't blame them. Well, now's the time to do it because there's going to be more realignment in a couple of years. Get him. He swung. Give me that K here! I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, I love that show. Probably, okay, what are you at? Now you got to update us since you're going to be out here ringing people up. I'm just telling you guys, if you're not playing prize picks. Bro, Buddy almost fell out of his chair ringing up the hitter. Huh. <laughs> Has he already uh, hit? Did he hit? No, he's at four now. That's four out of five. Oh, okay. It's only the, what is the second inning. He's dominating. Yeah, that son of a bitch. Ellie Dela Cruz you has know. a zero. Well. Ellie! The one time that I take Ellie Dela Cruz in Cincinnati, mm -hmm. the one time he don't love you. Please let it be in a rain delay. No, it's not. It's six to three. No, he <laughs> just sucks. Yeah, no rain delay. He's terrible. Whoa, Ellie um, uh, Dela Cruz is zero for two. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Dick. nice job. Turns out being six five and one eighty and being a stud doesn't work every night. Yeah, Jack Wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we should end the show. Too now. much Tarrant County talk. Tarrant County. Hook 'em, boy. Boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, as always, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. What the fuck do I know? Uh, is Bucked Up Energy? Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off your purchase at buckedup.com. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.